Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Strutting, baby. As much as I can strut sitting in a chair. Welcome to Silver and Gold. Uh, I am the loaf with me, the Zom. Uh, hey. Zom's got some big fat pupils right now. He can't By see pupils, shit. We mean my anus. Yeah. Yeah. He has a dilated anus, everybody, and Woo. he is can't see the computer as a result. So this is episode something or other, and we are doing some chicks, dicks, burning rubber, double feature this week. Uh, we got Bonnie and Clyde from 1967. We got Safari 3000 from 1982. We'll see what I thought of that one. Uh, <laughs> Sam, how are you, sir, besides having the dilated anus? Um, I can't see... Uh, Out of your asshole. Well, the best part is, okay, down where I live, I live in like a little small country town. So you never hardly, we're right on the uh, county line. So you don't hardly ever see any cops unless you see them just driving uh, by on the uh, rural highway. And of course, I have two dilated pupils from going and getting my goddamn eyes checked. And uh, I'm driving home. And what do I see? A goddamn county sheriff sitting in the Little League baseball field parking lot, which is right where I almost right where I turn to pull into my alley. And he's there's nobody in town because you know there's it's nobody's doing anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I just started thinking as I was sitting here, that would have been perfect if he would have fucking pulled me over and said, oh, "Let me just see you. Have you been drinking or doing any drugs or anything?" And looked at my eyeballs, and I'd have been, "You look, you son of a bitch! I got some goddamn fucking pupilitis." <laughs> the people that ladies. Yeah, he'd be like, okay, you're going to <laughs> you're coming a little ride. little indefinite detention in fucking Guantanamo Bay, Polak. <laughs> uh, generic week for me. Hey, uh, I'm not finished, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I got nothing. I got nothing, really. It was, <laughs> a, it was a week for me. Nothing special. Um, um, oh, yeah. Well, here's a good one for you. And, okay. I, you know, I try and I'm a mature man now, and I understand that very, you know, that young, attractive uh, 20-year-olds are not going to be interested in me. But when I was sitting across from this girl, because I picked out a couple pairs of glasses, because, um, of course, I, it's inevitable I have to get bifocals um, to read. And... Uh, <laughs> This when I went to the glasses place, uh, the girls. I'm sitting across from her, and she says, "You know, okay, now put these on, and you know, look, look, look straight ahead." Where, and she was w- probably one of the best looking Asian girls 
just young and hot and I'm sitting there and she says, okay, just look straight at me and I'm looking at her and I'm just, you know, being mature and cool and calm and collected and inside I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I could just sit here all day and fucking look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking whore. <laughs> I'll fucking strangle you in my basement later. She was so pretty. <laughs> 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 and I got a mocha frappe on the way home. Now let's nice. carry on. You'll have the shit soon. It was uh, it was pretty good. We had a uh, there was some new uh, computer action that it got announced at Apple this week. So we've been fucking just blown out the door. It's crazy. Everybody coming in needing to see the new Retina display on the MacBook Pro, Daddy. What? What? Oh. So yeah. Is yeah. it true that with every every show that we do, there's a story about taking a shit? Or something like that. Uh, I just said you'll have to take a shit. I don't know, I know. if it was a story, but... I heard someone say that the other day on another <laughs> show that uh, I can't remember what that one was called. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, there probably is. Uh, it, you probably know. the truth, you know? We have, a, we have an anal fixation that hasn't left us since uh, young adulthood, birth. I'm sure. So Or birth. <laughs> Whatever. We like to poop. Um. So yeah, what have you been watching this week? Okay, let's see. What we gonna watch here? I when I just got back right before I logged on, I thought I better write these down, and then I was like, "That's when I realized that I can't see." Uh, <laughs> first thing I watched was a movie that we talked about possibly covering in the near future, mm-hmm. and it's called Michael. And uh, it's not John Travolta as an as the uh, archangel Michael. It is about a pedophile, and he has a little boy that he keeps locked up in a room in his basement. And uh, he goes to work and does his thing and just lives a normal life. And then when he comes home, he lets the little boy out. And they, if you cut out the uh, sexual molestation. <laughs> It's almost. Why am I laughing about that? <laughs> uh, if you, I was like, if you cut out the sexual molestation, <laughs> uh, <laughs> molestation, it's. Uh, you would think that they were like a father and son or something, but uh, then you know, whatever. It's hard to get through. <laughs> I um, I watched probably the first fifteen minutes of it in about three different parts because they don't. I mean. You just have to watch it. It's it's just creepy. It's disturbing, and it makes you really sit there and go, "Oh my god, this is just." Uh, next thing, I can't remember who recommended that. It was probably Bryn. Bryn, yep. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched was um, the selling of a serial killer, um, Eileen Mornos. Um, I I apparently have watched. Uh, there was two documentaries by the same guy. Um, about this situation or that that situation, and um, I must have watched the second one first, and then I watched this one and it's pretty good. And I will say this: I mean, I, I think that the the, uh, the 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 poor thing was freaking definitely mentally ill. Uh, she was so screwed up in the head it wasn't even funny. And her lawyer should not only be disbarred, but he should be put in fucking prison. He was he was pathetic. He was. Um, a total hack, a ambulance chaser. He he really was. I mean, he sold her ass down the river, and um, um, he was just a goof too. I mean, he was 
So you could just tell his ego, and he's on there playing guitar and mm-hmm. singing, and just uh, just a fucking idiot. He really made me. He made me more sick than than she did, and she was like I said, pretty. You could just. I mean, she was fucking. Uh, I'm not a psychiatrist, but goddamn, that woman was fucking nuts. Um, next thing I watched was a movie called Gone. And I did not pick this. It was it starred <laughs> Amanda Seafried or Seafried. Did she uh, show her titties? This is part of my contention with this movie. Okay, I'm like, oh, you know, Seafried, and I'm not like her biggest fan yeah. because for me, she looks she looks almost like uh, too young. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. She has a really nice body and she's got nice boobs, but uh, her face just looks – it's almost creepily too young for me. Um, But right at the beginning, she's in the shower and it's one of those milky glass kind of deals and they show it from far away and she's in there naked. So you really sort of can't – you sort of can see her silhouette, but you can't really see. So that was the obligatory Amanda Seyfried nude scene and then the rest of the movie you're like well fuck what the hell's the point of even having this goddamn movie exist because she the only thing she's known for is being good looking and naked and you're disappointed and it's stupid it's so fucking it's just i mean i don't say it just sucks it's don't even watch this (laughs) don't watch it promise i promise okay next thing i watched was coriolanus uh I really like this. I thought it was done really well. Um, it's not hard to follow at all. I know that this one fucking goofball that I know was like, I, 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 I hated it. I didn't understand. I, ain't, I guess I ain't got no edgy enough. Or he said, it's my lack of edumacation. Edumacation. I, I hate when people play up the fucking dumb hillbilly redneck thing. Uh, it, 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 I, I don't know. It just really... It irritates me, and uh, it wasn't that hard to follow. And I will say this: you know, people give Gerard Butler shit, and maybe it's because of his the the uh, the, the the parts that he picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his pro- projects that he's involved in and everything. He must maybe he doesn't pick good projects, but he was good in this. And um, uh, I he's he's got charisma, he's got a look, and he is a pretty good actor. Um, what's his face? Uh, Ray Fiennes is really good in it. Um, the uh, oh Vanessa Redgrave and um, oh my Franco god, Nero's lady Jessica Chastain is in it too, and I like her. So it's good. I liked it, it, it and it's uh, it's got a lot. It's got some action in it. Fuck, I mean, you know, whoop ass. They they take the uh, Shakespearean. Uh, you know, play and put it uh, into modern times. So you got tanks and knife fights and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, Ray Fiennes is a fucking Republican. Anyway. Ah! Well, I mean, that's what, yeah. Anyway, he, um, so anyway, uh, next thing I watched was a movie called <laughs> Coming Back. What's Coming Back? Coming Back. Coming, oh, okay. This was the Casper Van Dien uh, movie. Um it's uh, now strangely enough, I posted. Of course, I always post posters and stuff on my Facebook page, and people were like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck? Why are you watching this shit for?" Um, it's a Vietnam movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, these guys were in Vietnam, like the Battle of Way, the uh, Way Massacre, and everything. And um, they um, 
then they go forward and well, it takes place in the future and they have flashbacks, but they're older. And once Vietnam opens back up to, um, you know, everybody, uh, man, he he looks a lot fucking older. Casper Van Dien looks a lot fucking older on his photo on. He's 43 years old. See, I looks so young in starship troopers. Yeah. I, well, he was. That was goddamn how, what, 20 years ago? No, it was 15 years ago, but, <laughs> but still, he's like, he looks a lot. I mean, I don't know. Like, I look at him now. He looks like somebody's dad, and yeah, he looked I like a fucking thinking, baby in Starship Troopers. I kept thinking that, um, you know, I, was, I told my buddy, I said, you know, well, shit. I said, hell, all they did was when he was older, they they made his hair gray. I said, fuck you, that old. And then we looked it up, and I was like, well, heck, heck he's only like three years younger than me, and I'm old. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, 43. I mean, he was in his 20s in Starship Troopers. Now he's, <laughs> but he looked like he was 14. But anyway, um, it has Carrie Otis, (laughs) who was married to Mickey Rourke at one time, and she was in Wild Orchid with him. Uh, She's still pretty hot. In this movie, she's pretty hot. Uh, And I thought it was like some made-for-TV movie, but it has some nudity in it. Her and Cass, her and Cap Van Dien, get down, daddy. Get down in the booty. Um, Whoa. But you know what? It's... um, It's not horrible, but when, but when you're watching it, you you'll think, uh, man, this did they base this on, uh, or did they base Tropic Thunder on this? So anyway, <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of cliche, Vietnam War movie cliches in it. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called Taxi Driver. Um, this um, I didn't like it. Uh, the next thing I watched was no, uh, Scorsese. I like the one part at the very – I never noticed this until I was watching it the other day. It's on Comcast In Demand. Um, is, uh, hey, the Blu-ray is cheap at – it's is it still at, um, at Best Buy. It's been less than 10 bucks for months. It's one of those ones, though, that I've seen so many fucking times. It's, 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 it's a nice set. It's got like a booklet with it and like extra features and all that shit. It better have a fucking booklet, a big-ass booklet. Yeah. Um, but Sybil Shepherd, man, she would she she wore like these tight dresses, and she didn't look like she had on no underpants. Uh, well, she might have had on underpants, but boy, I mean, she had a pretty nice little figure on. She it. was so hot back then. Yeah. In uh, what was the other one? She the last picture show. Yeah, when she got nude and showed her. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's Taxi Driver. Um, <laughs> next thing I watched, which is not me saying that, but I mean, like I said, seen it so many times, you know, fucking talk about it. I watched Sleepless in Seattle, and um, I got to tell you, I like um, <laughs> it. Uh, I was very bored with it. Really? I had seen it like a long time ago, and I thought I remembered it being, you know, no, you know what? I think I, I, uh, I think I watched You Got Mail. And I don't know if I've seen this one, but I just didn't. That one I don't I, like. I was just kind of like, you know, and it's a class, class a rom-com cl- classic or a romantic <laughs> classic. But it just, um, I don't know. I, it just really didn't do that much for me at all. Um, next thing I watched was um, uh, Smoke, Harvey Keitel, Forrest Whitaker, William Hurt. This is a favorite of mine. Uh, I have watched this movie probably, no joke, at least 50 times. Um, I just love it. I love the movie. I love the uh, Augie Wren's Christmas, uh, um, you know, the uh, story and all the shit. I love the music in it. Tom Waits 
Uh, and it has something to do with the movie we watched this week. It has Stalker Channing in it. Ashley Judd in her first uh, first movie, and um, she plays a crackhead. But I still would like to. I don't. I don't know if I'd want to bang her in this movie, but she she was a crackhead. Uh, but I like it. It's a good movie. Um, next day I watched uh, Beauty and the Briefcase with uh, Hilary Duff. <laughs> what? Um, now I had never. I remember, I've never seen this one. That's weird. I, I remember hearing about Hillary Duff, and I think I may have seen uh, a couple pictures of her. I didn't, you know, I didn't know she was like a Christian. Oh, something know that or or what? I don't think she is. I don't know. I, I don't care. Uh, she's pretty good looking. Um, she's she's not real skinny. She's she's got some. Not I wouldn't say thickness, but maybe a little bit. Yeah. Not not too much, but I mean. I'd fuck her. I've um, only seen her in. I don't know anything about her. It, well, I mean, she was one. Of, she was like a Disney actress oh, in the, okay. like late '90s, early 2000s. Like I think she did like music, like kids type music, and. Well, this and, is kind of like Sex in the City light. Okay, There's, she yeah. was like she was like in the, the what was that show? There was a TV show. She, Lizzie McGuire. Uh, I never heard of it. Yeah. Um, but she. Um, she, it, like I said, it's kind of like uh, she kind of plays like a Carrie Bradshaw character, but then I noticed that it was actually like a Lifetime movie or a U.S. made for USA movie or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's not very good, but I mean, it's just if if you if you were a fifteen year old girl or a um, I don't know, the girls might like it. Uh, I watched some Star Trek. <laughs> Robert Carradine was the dad in, Mil- in Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> uh, I like how, yeah, I, got, um, I watched two Star Trek shows. I watched the one about the salt monster that uh, Bones McCoy uh, was the chick that he had been in love with when he was younger. And it's not her, but he thinks it's her. And it's a salt monster. Sucks the salt out of I've it. I've seen that one. And then I watched the, um, the other one was The Cage with uh, Christopher Pike. When he was burned up and they had the trial and everything. Um, they have all the um, Star Trek episodes on Netflix Instant Watch. And I also watched, uh, because one of our uh, friends, <laughs> I'm not saying that lightly. I actually started to cough. I wasn't like, friends. I <laughs> uh, watched that Miami Vice episode, uh, The Vikings from Hell or whatever, with Red Brown, Sonny Lamb, Ham, and uh, John Matuzak as uh, these bikers. Uh, I got to tell you, man, that was some shitty acting. <laughs> um, I used to watch Miami Vice, and we were just talking about this the other day, that um, some of the TV shows that we watched and really liked when we were younger, oh. you watch them now, and they're kind of – it was hard to get through that. The only reason – A-Team that, is the same way for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the um, I liked kind of watching just kind of for the so bad it's good Red Brown Acting and here they are. You thought you thought the bikers in stone looked weird. <laughs> These guys looked about as much like bikers. That they they wore like those long leather trench coats that go almost all the way down to your ankles and <laughs> rode you, the motorcycles that you probably can't sit on a motorcycle while you're wearing. Yeah, and then they were riding. I don't know. It just was. It it was. Ugh. Anyway, that's an hour of my life there. Uh, Street <laughs> Fighter on Blu-ray. Uh, I, I fucking love this movie. I just laugh my ass. I think it's it's so. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't say so bad. It's good. I just think it's entertaining because it's just fucking. Uh, they really play up 
everything, you know, with Van Damme with the kick, Bison's ass, and uh, all the characters. <laughs> I listened to the uh, uh, director's uh, commentary when I watched it too. It was pretty good. Um, bum, 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 the man who wasn't there with uh, Billy Willie Bob Thornton, uh, James Gandolfini, Francis McDormand. Uh, and a lot of people that are in Coen Brothers movies all the time. Uh, I like this one. I like the look of it, uh, the kind of noirish, uh, black and white and everything. Yeah. And uh, um, I just thought I liked it. It's not it's not the funniest fucking movie in the world, you know. <laughs> I've got. That, I've, I've only seen that once. I bought the DVD at, at Big Lots yeah. a few months ago. I still I need to revisit it. It's um, but it, it's um, uh, I don't know. I liked it. It's not great, but it's it's pretty good. It's I liked it better than I liked uh, than the Serious Man because I uh, I put that one like number two above fucking uh, Tom Hanks Coen Brothers movie. Although Serious Man was way better shot and way better everything everything was way better. I just was bored with it. Yeah. Um, give me that fucker. Um, <laughs> next thing I watched was Buffalo sixty six with um, what's that guy's name. I don't remember. I, f- I thought I remembered you not liking this one. No, I liked it. Oh. Um, that guy, Vincent Gallo, and uh, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. Ricci. Um, it's got Jan Michael Vincent in it. When you know he's old and beat up, and he looks pretty good, and he's still he's kind of got that voice like that from where he had that car wreck. But he doesn't look as bad as what he de- did when he was like here recently. He still looked pretty good. Uh, he just had a goatee to cover up all the fucking uh, stitches in his mouth from the car wreck. Uh, Christina Ricci. This is before she got really skinny, and she looks. I don't know, like when she was in Black Snake Moan. She she lost like you know all her baby fat I guess you call it baby fat and you know she wore the little um, half shirt and panties and I mean yeah she looked hot in that but in this one she's probably about twenty or thirty pounds heavier mm-hmm. and she's hotter <laughs> because I mean she's got she she is you know thicker and she's got big boobs and uh, she, in this one scene she's tap dancing and all the everybody else in the class is just like. You know, I don't know, but she's got these big boobs, and when she's tap dancing, they're you know doing their thing. The next thing I watched was a movie called FTW, aka The Last Ride, and it stars Mickey Rourke and Laurie Singer, Peter Berg. Uh, I was a big Mickey Rourke fan. Uh, he was my friend Mike's favorite actor, and this was back before. This was back when he was young. You know, I watched everything that he was ever in. And um, this one is – it was, as far as I know, up until last time I checked out of print. Uh, Lori Singer is not good looking. and Boy, she's hard as hell looking in this one. I know she's supposed to be, but she just – she's kind of mannish in the face a little mm. bit maybe. And the one th- – and uh, I posted a picture on – our Facebook page and this was like, who's this? Well, it's Mickey Rourke when he's young, skinny looking, uh, his face isn't all mashed up and then repaired with plastic surgery. And, uh, and, uh, it's like almost, I mean, he was really cool back then. Um, one thing you learn from this movie is it's okay to fuck your sister as long as (laughs) it's from behind and, uh, she doesn't look at you, you, Push your head down oh, and say, "Don't look, never at, me. About it look at me." And you stare at your own face in the mirror while you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's Peter Berg and Laurie Singer, and uh, he has a retainer 
like or whatever that the thing that has just like a wire that goes across his teeth. Uh, and his name's Clem, and he stutters. He's like, "Don't, don't, don't fucking look at me!" And he's fucking her, and it's it's really uh, it's probably one of the best parts. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it's semi Bonnie and Clyde-ish, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, if you want to watch it, watch check it out. It's not like a horrible movie. It's it, the uh, the director. I can't remember who the director is, but it's actually pretty. the 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 direction and everything is pretty different. And uh, God damn it, man, I can't see shit. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, that's all I have. I don't want to. I don't want to linger. I don't linger. If you, have, you have to um, let him. I had a slower week. I did not watch any Doctor Who this wait, week. Okay, wait a minute. Have since we we is this show forty two? Uh, I don't know. Okay, in forty two shows, have you ever had a week that wasn't slower than mine? No. Well, may no. I, don't, I doubt it. Well, since we started, I've been working fucking every day of the week. So I work every day. Well, no, I'm, I was just saying. <laughs> I only work four days a week. Uh, this is forty three. So forty three. Forty three. Um. So. It- the, and I'm sucking it up next week, people. No, 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 no. Man, I'm, you fucked not... it up a few weeks ago when when your internet died. <laughs> huh? When the when your internet died, we had no, to, but we w- still did a show no, together. We had, we had an off week that week. Yeah, but they didn't know it. No, they did. We didn't release anything that week. We had to skip a week. I thought we put it out. It still came out like on Sunday. No, because we never finished recording it. What was that show? I don't know. Maybe. I don't fucking Dude, remember. I swear to God. We did something? You can't remember shit. Okay. We record on Thursday. The internet got fucked up. We ended up recording it like, I think, sa- or like Sunday or something like that. Was that Saturday the night or- show? Was that the night show when we did Ready to Rumble? Maybe. Maybe. I can't remember. Because, anyway. because we, uh, no, Ready to Rumble was one of the first ones, wasn't it? Mm, I what I was going to say is, I, and I said, ah, oh, fuck, you know, uh, we, we've been putting one out every week. And you said, well, they, no one will know because I usually don't put them out at that time. I don't think you were putting them out until like maybe Sunday. Sunday. And so you were like, they'll never know because uh, we'll know, but they won't know. Well, now they know. <laughs> oh, well, we, anyway. did put it, we did put something out at the beginning of the week on Sunday, and then we recorded again Thursday. Okay. Well, um, well, this week I finished the Executioner. I mentioned it last week. Sunny Shiba. Sunny Shiba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome. We need to review this one. <laughs> I've never uh, seen it. It's, I like Shiba. It's got gore in it. Like he fucking like rips a dude's rib out <laughs> of his chest. Yeah. It's cool. Um, and there's some dumb like dick humor in it and stuff. So dumb dick humor. Yeah, like telling a guy, like pointing at a guy's boner when the guy's all that like hot and bothered. Because I, from what I understand, we we. Uh, Somebody said something the other day about his two dumb dicks humor on that fucking stupid <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, before, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to, while well, I'm still remembering this, there's nothing, there, I don't, I wouldn't say there's no stories that I find funnier, but when my friends tell me their vasectomy stories, <laughs> god damn, they're all funny. And I've never had one, I don't think I'm ever going to have one, mm. but boy, I'm telling you, they are some funny fucking stories. Somebody should make a movie about that. <laughs> My vas- my vasectomy. Every single just nothing but guys having vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched. Uh, this is really random. I watched Fast Fast Break with Gabe Kaplan. Yes, you don't look like no basketball coach to me. No, 
this was <laughs> this was a, a lot. Um, I don't know. It was only rated PG, but good lord, were there fucking just racist jokes left and right? It was very very much a, a movie of the seventies in that respect. Um, uh, kind of a funny scene when uh, they thought they were going to get pulled over and they all had to eat a pound of weed in like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a very good movie, but there's some funny bits in it. Um, years. I'm kind of a sucker for basketball movies anyway. So, <laughs> except so. for except for um, fucking that Jordan one that's half animated. Did <laughs> Space you see Jam. Fa- uh, Fast Break with Robbie Benson. I have not. Man. You, you got to fucking that. watch that. It's it's a college basketball movie. Okay. And uh, I'm and I'm not joking. It's it's you'll like it. Okay. Because you like college basketball. Um. Let's see. I watched Bear Nation. Did you watch that this week or last week? What's that? Bear Nation. The the uh, documentary about bears. <laughs> yes, I watched it last week. Last week. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, I watched it with my wife. Um, and like I like I've said before, if it has to do with somebody that's gay or in prison or both, she'll watch it. Is she a bear? She's a bear, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're, and you're her cub. <laughs> uh, this is cool. I, the part with Kevin Smith was pretty funny. Yeah, um, I like how he, he's like, oh, I never thought of myself as a sex symbol. Um, and uh, it, what Netflix does now, at least on the PlayStation, it will recommend movies. I think I've mentioned this before during the credits, mm-hmm. and it recommended. Um, Queens of Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a this is a another documentary. This was only about fifty minutes long, about a um, I guess a drag a drag queen club in Portland, Oregon. Um, it's been there. It's the longest. It's it has been open longer. It's you know since maybe the late sixties or at least the seventies, and it's the same guy this that's been running it. Um, and um, it kind of goes into how he's almost like a like a, a therapist of sorts. Like people come to him with problems, and it, it focuses a lot on the people that come to the shows because yeah. a lot of them are girls that will be having a church wedding, and this is kind of like their initiation into being crazy or whatever. And it's it, it, it was really interesting. The guy was really cool. So and it, and but I mean he's getting up there. He's 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 pretty funny. Does a stage act, and then you know, there's of course you have to have the obligatory like douchebaggy looking date rapist that says, "Well, I mean, it was fun, but I don't know if I would come back because it is men in dresses after all." You know that kind of shit. So he'd never make it at Horrorhound. <laughs> no, <laughs> having that having that dress lifted up over his hips. Nope. Uh, what? Uh, I uh, took the Blu-ray of Videodrome and watched mm-hmm. it on the big screen late night on Sunday with a few friends. Uh, that movie's fucking killer. Uh, it looked, killer. Good on, looked good on the big. Um, and it, uh, it was funny. I was watching it with a group of people that had never seen it. And mm-hmm. um, every time fucking uh, Woods would reach into his stomach vag, they would just be like, oh, God, no, not again. It was funny. Stomach vag. Stomach vag. Uh, I watched another Blu-ray. I got this in the mail last week, the uh, Alien Quadrilogy. Um, I've seen Alien and Aliens quite a few times. Alien 3, may, I might not have seen this since it was new. Uh, so I watched that again. This is the Fincher uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. It's good I, I didn't mind that. I liked yeah, it. I like it. And pe- the, you know, I know it didn't do as well and everything, but um, I bought it. And people, I think people on here gave me shit about buying it. 
And oh. I was like, hey, I liked it. I liked the concept. It was, uh, you know, the, the the second one was all the guns and, you know, all that shit. And and uh, this one, it's, you know, say, okay, well, what's going to happen if you have nothing and they're there, you know? Yeah, I liked it. And I like- I, I, I'd totally forgotten that it was only one alien in the ship in the yeah. well, in the prison with him so yeah, that's all it takes man that's all it that's takes all did you watch prometheus i haven't seen prometheus yet. i, I yeah. bought i i was waiting till i got this uh quadrilogy so i could kind of right. visit some stuff just so because i hear there's you know with prometheus there's some like little call no shut up so uh, now, I, um, I thought if it rains or something when i'm on vacation you know I'm yeah gonna- yeah Hop over and see. We it, might, so. I might. Uh, we're. Tr- I think we're going to try to go see it uh, this coming Monday. So, um, let's take see. the take the bear to go see aliens. <laughs> Come on, grizzly! Uh, and then uh, I finished off the week with uh, the uh, thirty for thirty. I borrowed the first thirty for thirty set uh, from a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched the very first one, the King's Ransom. This is the story of the Wayne Gretzky getting traded to the L.A. Kings in the, I guess, '88. And I mean, I knew about the trade, but '88 and hockey in North Carolina didn't <laughs> it didn't exist really. So it's not something that was really on my radar when I was a kid, just getting into sports. Oh, I never um, liked Wayne Gretzky. Really? I mean, he seems like a really nice guy and everything, but when he was really big, I, I, I uh, uh, never. He was, uh, uh, whatever. I don't well, it's because you were a Flyers fan. Well, not only that, but I mean, every team they played that they played, I, I rooted against. It was almost <laughs> like a, uh, like when Mark McGuire was hitting all the home runs and stuff. I mean, he was just like it was just bam, bam. When Gretzky, 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 they were pushing him. It was almost like a media thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I know he was good, but I think that in some instances, it's like when I would watch uh, Shaquille O'Neal foul fucking people on every play, and they'd never take him out, but it was Shaq, 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 <laughs> or Michael Jordan taking 50 steps and dunking the ball or something like that. Whatever. But, um, uh, <laughs> now I you're think, just being racist. Well, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes when sports are not doing well as far as ratings and they can push a superstar, um, and Gretzky, like I said, he was phenomenal. He was a great player. But I also know, or I also thought and believe that uh, there was a hands-off thing on him too. Yeah. yeah, you never saw people fucking just uh, – I mean now they had Marty McSorley and Dave Semenko and guys like that on Edmonton that were tough guys to protect him. Like, But even like on other hockey teams when you had a, a good player, um, people would you know try and knock shit out of him and stuff. And right. I don't ever remember anybody – you know, so it was like he was out there balleting around. Well, yeah, it's easy when nobody's fucking knocking your head off, or you didn't have Ross Ray out there. You you're know, not, whatever. You're not going to make many fans with this one. Well, I mean, I just I, I, we're getting I a call just, from Canada. I was just never a fan of Gretzky. Uh, you know, I think he's a great player, but you know, if he would have played on my team, I probably would have fucking loved him. But you know, it's it was really interesting in this. Uh, in this little story about uh, you know all the guys that were involved in the trade, like mm-hmm. none of them seem well. Obviously, the guy from the Kings doesn't regret it, but yeah, you know, 
Gretzky was saying he would do it again. And the guy, even though his fucking wife had to leave town and stuff, the owner of the Oilers, yeah. you know, he was saying that he would do it again. It was pretty interesting. I, I, well, and even though I didn't like the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, I would root for the Islanders over them. Um, <laughs> um, I know that they were trying to bring, like, you know, build up hockey out there mm-hmm. uh, in L.A. and everything, but... I mean, they just they just won the cup, right? The the, yeah, the yeah. Kings, and it's like, who gives a fuck? I mean, I just I I do not even give a fuck. When Marcel Dion played for the Kings, okay, uh, you know, now I mean, even their uniforms look like shit, black <laughs> and silver, and they have they look like they're fucking British knights or something on the uh, the old t- tennis shoe thing on the on the or uh, you know on the on the thing they used to have. Gold and purple, their one uniforms would be all purple, and then the away or home was be all gold, like yellow, bright, and it had a big crown on the on the thing, and it was cool as hell looking. And you had Marcel Dion, who was like a this little dude who was like a, it almost looked like a fucking Indian and shit like that, and he was the he was like one of the greatest scorers for them and in the NHL. And I, I fuck it, whatever. I mean, I just <laughs> I, I just Gretzky was not my. I liked his wife. I'd bang the hell out of her. <laughs> uh, cool. He was a puss, man. He, he was a great player, but he he had he he wasn't the uh, most courageous player in the world. Which doesn't matter if you can score that many goals. But I I literally think that that, that there was, you know, I, I I don't know. I think that there was a lot of he was protected big time, and I'm not talking about by goons on his team. Right, right. It's yeah. Well, I think when certain players become royalty, it you know. Yeah, but I mean, you have fucking Mike Bossy's out there, and people wouldn't have any problem knocking the shit out of him. Or, you know, there was there's a lot of great scorers, you know, all through the years, all the way to the, you know, back when hockey, you know, was you know, the, the Rocket Richard, Gordy Howe, uh, Bobby Orr. I mean, I mean, these guys, uh, people would still, man, they were physical, and he was this little skinny dude out there with all these big guys, and nobody would fucking lay a glove on him, lay a hand on him. And I'm like, wait a minute, no one, well, shit, you know, whatever. <laughs> You touched the nerve. Move on. <laughs> well, I don't awesome. hate. I, never, I didn't hate him. I, I I really didn't. I wasn't like a guy where I was like, I wish somebody killed that motherfucker. I didn't. I just didn't like that his style. I got you. Fair yeah. enough. Um, player though, I will say that no bones. Yeah, but, I'm, and and his, my experience with Gretzky is only in highlights. I <laughs> was not watching hockey at all when he was playing. So well, he was a great player. Yeah. So yeah, that was it for me this week. Where he would have been, how long his career would have lasted if uh, he would have played like everybody else. Uh, so we're going to take a break and come back. And none of our fans from none of our not our fans, none of our friends from Canada. I don't. I don't know if there was is there there's that many of them that are from fucking Edmonton. I don't remember seeing a lot of Edmonton uh, fucking uh, people <laughs> hailing from Edmonton. So you fucking, I think we only have like two listeners in Canada anyway. So. Fucking uh, Montreal Canadian fans, don't fucking call in giving me shit about Gretzky because <laughs> he was I, a national treasure though. Just because everybody, just because somebody might be a good fucking hockey player from America, if they're not on my fucking team, I'm not going to fucking suck their dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't want to hear, oh, Canadian fucking... Uh. If he played your team in 
the cup finals, if you're a Canadians fan, if you're a Maple Leafs fan or whatever, and he was going against your team in the finals, mm-hmm. don't tell me you were fucking rooting for him because he was a Canadian treasure. <laughs> if you were, then you're not, then you're a fucking either a bandwagon jumper or whatever. <laughs> we're losing so many fans right now <laughs> just because people are like, what's this hockey shit? All right. Like, All right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just, we'll just we'll end it. We're going to come back and we're going to review Safari 3000. Does that sound good? Whatever. <laughs> do what you want to do. We'll watch be, watch we'll your be, shit. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. You woke up with a cock in your mouth. Would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right the arm and I from said an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. was that it's it's the the jungle boys sounds of the safari (laughs) sounds like mikey having sex (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so our first movie safari 3000 uh, Zom, I'll let you introduce it here. Okay. Reporter JJ wants to write a story about Africa. Uh, the Africa Rally. An Africa Rally. Okay. Reporter JJ wants to write a story about an Africa Rally. 3,000 kilometers across the desert and step. Unfortunately, her driver and car get lost only days before the start. So she hires an ex-stuntman, Eddie, and buys a wreck of a car for, uh, from her la- uh Okay, people. Now, let's, <laughs> let's revert back to the beginning of the show. I can't fucking see 
Lope, <laughs> you want to synopsize this? Okay, let me get closer to the fucking screen and take my glasses off. Before the JJ wants to write a story about an African rally, 3,000 kilometers across the desert step. Unfortunately, her driver and car get lost days before the start. She hires the next time, and Eddie buys a wreck of a car for her la- from her last money. Eddie can help her. Uh, get a new motor by stealing from Ruthless Cambodia, who from now on is their hardest and meanest competitor in the alley. Rally. Alley. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. So. Before JJ wants to. You've guys, you guys I, I know you've talked about this, and Rach has talked about this, and I, I don't remember who it was, but they talked about Christopher Lee in this movie in particular mm-hmm. looking maybe like he wasn't entirely on board. <laughs> now, my experience—I almost said this off the air, but I said I'm going to save it for the show. My experience with this movie—I am now a kindred spirit <laughs> with Christopher Lee because, as disgusted as he looked, <laughs> his, the look on his face probably mirrored the look on my face for about eighty-five to ninety percent of this film. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, now no no, it's not all bad. Now David Carradine, David Carradine is one of those guys. He brought a very Buddhist sensibility to his movie making because it didn't matter what kind of shit he was in. He looked like he was on board and laid back and having fun, and it was the same with this one. Stockard Channing. Now they little shit. I'll just say they should have gotten somebody cute to be in her role. <laughs> Christopher Lee must have just needed some fucking money in 1982 because as soon as they showed him the giant space ball sized Darth Vader uh, helmet, uh, he should have been like, okay, done. Tab out. <laughs> um, this is directed by Harry Hervitz. I've not seen anything else by Harry Hervitz. Um, although he's done a movie called Flesh Tone, which looks like it might have some nudie nudie in it. Which I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> what about has, the projectionist? It has Tim Thomerson in that. it. What's that? The projectionist. Not seen it. Stars Rodney Dangerfield and Chuck McCann. That might be good. Jesus Christ, that's 1971. Rodney Dan- Well, Rodney Dangerfield was old, so I mean, he was old when he was young. Yeah. What was it? Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield? I feel like yeah, I've seen that was that. a good one. That was good. It was funny. Oh yeah, that's the one where he's trying to stop drinking and gambling. That one was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the uh, back to uh, whatever this movie is. Um, <laughs> Safari. Safari. All right. Yeah. So instantly, my first note is, "Whoa, what is up with Lee's helmet?" So if if you haven't seen this movie, if you've seen Spaceballs, the one that uh, Rick Moranis wears is pretty similar. The one that Rick Moranis wears is a little more ridiculous because I think they actually cut out room for his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> to fit in, but Lee wears this giant black Darth Vader shaped helmet, and I guess maybe it's a throwback to Darth Vader because he wears like a full mm-hmm. like black outfit too. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's only when he drives. I, I don't see how it would ever protect anything, especially if it was in an accident. But um, and he he drives these cars. He he plays Count Borgia. Borgia is that his name? Yeah. And Count Borgia is kind of like he's the rich dude that just wins the race every time, apparently. And he te- he has these cars that honestly they look about as cheap as every other car in the movie, except they have this armor plating on them that's straight out of like a Italian post apocalyptic movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to make them look badass. <laughs> um, they it just kind of like flops around. Um, what the hell? What's oh, that? 
Uh, so okay, he's got yeah. kind of a he's got kind of a history with Carradine. Apparently, they seem to know each other. And Carradine's like, "Hey, yeah, let me drive your cars for you this time." And um, Carradine used to be Carradine plays what was his character's name? Eddie Miles. Eddie Miles. Eddie Miles is a former stunt driver who now just kind of he's a kind of a driver for hire. He just kind of wanders the earth. David Carradine, uh, uh, kung fu style, uh, looking for jobs driving in races. I don't know that he stunt drives anymore, and unfortunately, his stunt driving really only comes into play twice. One in a very unfunny scene with, where he drives Channing's uh, rental car, which there was a funny part in that when they're when the, he drives off the road over a uh, car ramp and they're flying through the air, and she's like, "This is a rental car." As they're in midair, that was pretty funny. But um, and another scene where they are trying to go across a. Um, a bridge that has been blown out by uh, Lee and his, co- his uh, I guess German cohort, his his navigator. They uh, they do a lot of wacky races type <laughs> to, the, to the road, trying to uh, you know prevent the other guys from winning. And apparently, there's no TV coverage or anything on this road because Count Borgia is free to just cheat at will, and nobody ever calls him on it. Um, I didn't understand exactly how the race worked because everybody starts off uh-huh. like not not at the same, nobody nobody starts off at the same time. They come up on a, like a little ramp and the guy like talks to them for a minute and then they're allowed to go. So, well, that's what I, they did in Cannonball Run and everything. No, well, I assume that. If they have that many cars, you can't all start at the same time. If you just have a two-lane fucking road, you're then on. Then it has to be. How timed, could they line though, them up right? side by side? Then it has to be timed, though, right? Right. So this race wasn't timed because there's the the, the race to the finish line. But, yeah, but, the, um, but maybe they were that close. They could have been, but the, so they, might, they might have left right after each other. There's no. You just didn't want to hate this movie. I hate you. <laughs> there's no indication of what kind of race is going on here. La, anyway. la, la. It's a rally race. <laughs> rally races are supposed to be timed, and there's no mention of time in the movie at all. Well, suspend disbelief. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So, oh yeah, so back to the thing. Well, they blown out part of a bridge, and the, there was kind of a neat scene with the car driving on two wheels up on the side. Yeah, and they did that. So, I mean, it looked was, pretty fun. That was yeah. pretty cool. Um, now, speaking of, of bad hats, you know, you have uh, Lee's helmet. Stalker Channing, in half the movie, wears this, like, newsy kind of, like, puffy old man hat. Mm-hmm. And now, she's not an attractive lady to me, but goddamn, she's even more unattractive in this stupid hat. Would you fuck her? <laughs> no. I wouldn't. You, wouldn't, you would I not wouldn't. have. Fu- you wouldn't have fucked her. I don't think so. Ever. She not was in Greece or anything. She was. A, she was kind of cute a couple times in the movie, but there's this one scene where she's running down the hill, like away from elephants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, her, like, she had like a barrel body with like these little like shriveled up titties. If it was, thing. if it was two thirty in the morning, they said last call for alcohol. And you weren't you weren't married to the bear, <laughs> and you were you were a little high and you were a little drunk. And you were a lot horny. You fucker! Don't even. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is a rented car. It's a rented car. She kind of has chipmunk cheeks too. Yeah, she did. She had a chipmunk belly. Um, <laughs> so she. Uh, now, That's wrong. They uh, hate so, women. That was pretty funny when they took the car back. It did that old gag where they run away from dropping off the rental car after after Carradine has just jumped it over a fucking ramp, and um, the guy. <laughs> 
the guy's like, oh, thank you. And now let me tell you, when you rent a car, they're not <laughs> they're not going to just hand you a receipt as soon as you drive up and say, see you later. You know, they fucking go in there and write the mileage down and everything. But this guy just hands them a receipt. They run one of off, these weeks. And he closes the door. Now, and the fucking when thing, I rent a car, they didn't do that. <laughs> the this fucking thing so falls weird. apart. It was, did you, you know, think this is a documentary? I did. I, did. I thought it was going to be a documentary of the African rally. I was really wanting to see some scenery. Did you smoke anything while you were watching this? <laughs> I should have. That's what I'm saying. If you would have. <laughs> now, what was the movie you said you, that sucked? And then you watched it. Fucking you, Anchorman. <laughs> I yeah, hate you were like, oh, my God, it was so funny. I th- I. I I think you will enjoy this more if you uh, dust it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did like the part, and I posted a screenshot of it. But um, So there's a running gag in it with, that they always run into trouble. And uh, Carradine gives away her, her camera as like payment when they're in trouble. Um, well, so the first one, he runs over a, a – like the, he runs through an African tribe. This is after another Wacky Races scene where um, – uh, fucking! They turn around the road signs to say, "Oh, oh, you, which way you're gonna go?" So they end up in a small village where they run over a goat, and the guys are all pissed. And so he just grabs her camera and says, "Here, here, here take this." And the guys are all happy about this. Um, but it was really funny when they drive off, <laughs> and the dude who's just been talking in whatever language, um, as soon as they drive off, he's like, "It's a Nikon with a telephoto lens." <laughs> And that was pretty funny, and the fucking dude posing, cheesing it up. <laughs> that motherfucker looked like goddamn, I don't know what. I don't know what. Most, uh, uh, you know, they must have um, had some uh, Winstrol and Decadorobolin in that tribe, because <laughs> that was fucker was jacked. jacked. Yeah, fucking shredded that guy was. Jesus. Um, <laughs> this is when I posted, I, I, I think Lee may be really disgusted to be in this movie. <laughs> I think that's the scene. I think there's this is a scene when his his... His partner, his his navigator, he always sings these little songs, and Dom posted a couple <laughs> times like "There's baboons in the road," and um, but it, he's singing a song uh, with a ukulele or something at the bar, and Lee just has this look on his face like, Ugh. and that was the part he was playing. Yeah, I bet they he just, wasn't disgusted. He was having fun. I bet they. I just, think he was having fun. I think, <laughs> honest to God, I think he played it up. I thought. I thought. You know, he's going to play this for all it's worth. You guys just are, have like a weird. You, his mustache too, was. You fucking guys incredible. are snobby film eggheads. <laughs> he, I think they just caught him in an in a like a, a an off scene. What you think like, his mustache? His, his, I just said that his mustache was pretty phenomenal. It was um, fucking superior, man. He, that was a mustache. He could have fucking cleaned his ears out with that mustache. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think they just caught had the camera on him a little too long, and he's just like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> Did you see the one elephant take a big shit in the road? Yes. <laughs> I, when, I, when I first watched this, I think because we had that thing on Palaver, the thread was uh, you know animal shitting in movies, and and I actually oh my god uh, went back and and caught and uh, did a screen cap right when the elephant was shitting. Now they they um, it shit man it, it, it had how a about big the, old dump. When the giraffe was running in front of the car, that was a hell of a shot. When Carradine was like, yeah. maybe we should go under it. 
because they almost like, did. Fuck, look at that thing. There's a lot I mean, of scenes where wow. there's a lot of scenes where Carradine and uh, and Channing are just kind of driving along, and there's animals involved yeah. in some way running along. I'm surprised they didn't do a, like a rhino charging bit, but maybe they couldn't afford it. It started to the rhino that when they went by the rhinos, the yeah. one rhino started to, and they were going by too fast. <laughs> uh, but that was pretty funny when they the, the the car I guess was close enough where the elephant's like, oh hell no, and drops a shit because it's scared as hell running away from this poor this car this poor elephant running away from the car so um yeah and you got another bit with lions i I thought maybe she was running away from elephants at first which would have been funny but she seemed to just be like oh i just saw the most amazing thing and there's elephants running right behind her which i guess she didn't notice and then but she comes up and there's uh carradine's changing the tire and there's like a fucking pride of lions and they all look like young males in the lot and then motherfuckers i don't they must have been the most quiet lions in the world because <laughs> they weren't there and then next thing you know i mean there was like a fucking probably 30 of them <laughs> just sitting on these rocks next it's to like, the road Jesus it looked Christ. like a it looked like a set that didn't look like they were outdoors on that part um but uh He'd taken off. Now he had really blown this tire. It was fucking split, like almost all the way around. But <laughs> it was really funny. He just, as very, as a matter of fact, it's like that lion's gonna eat my tire. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> I'm curious if they put something in the tire because they really got this lion to walk up and like take this tire away. <laughs> and so they just get in the car and drive off, and that was about it. So, um, but the other lion fucking, get killed. <laughs> the lion fucking carried it off. It was pretty funny. Um. But yeah, this. Oh no, okay. The, I said, really, the the switching signs around technique, and then I said, yes, I'm, yes. I'm longing, I'm longing for wacky races. <laughs> that was wacky. That was a wacky, wacky thing to do. I wish it the worked. car. I wish the cars Jordan. were a little more like wacky races. Then it would have been. They should have done a cannonball run where the cars. Oh, they did. Death Race 2000. Another a better a better Carradine driving across the country movie. Um, and, oh, and fucking Lee's outfit looked like Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> now, what <laughs> did you just say? With the, the the Carradine. The death race. Well, yeah, and he was also in the, the that movie Cannonball. Oh, right, right, right. So he's Cannonball in a lot Run of these driving movie. So the original Cannonball movie. Yeah. Um, there's a really odd scene again when he has to give away one of her cameras with the, the, another village scene. This time they're kind of set up, and the dude throws out <laughs> a frozen chicken, and they, they <laughs> you're in there for- with my chicken. That chicken's <laughs> frozen, and you know what? Carradine's delivery throughout this was like. Uh, it, it's like, uh, hey, look over there, yeah. and then she take a picture. And he's like, that 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 chicken was that chicken's frozen. You know, just the way it's like his. I don't know. I mean, he's just happy to do whatever. He's I just think like, that yep. right before the scene, he's like, okay, what do I say here? And they say that chicken's frozen. He's like, that chicken's frozen. Perfect. You know? <laughs> it was it was sort of. It was sort of almost like a Bronson, a cross between Bronson and fucking. Uh, not Eugene Levy, John Lovitz. <laughs> Turkeys and oysters, goose liver and turkey. Um, so, but yeah, there's a the odd scene with a, a guy rising out of a pile of old tires and demanding five hundred dollars for killing their frozen chicken. <laughs> it's like a cross between Brady and Red Fox on Sanford, and, so, <laughs> and it's just like this big pile of tires, and you hear, yeah. And he comes rising out, and uh, he demands $500, and they don't have it. So uh, this time, uh, <laughs> Carradine asked for the camera. She must have packed like eight cameras. So yeah, yeah. She carried him in her big belly. <laughs> she <laughs> set him up her fat gut. <laughs> so, I, can't, um, 
so hateful towards women's bodies. Not all of them look like Amanda Seafried. You should, you know. I know. I should be more. Uh, anyway, the uh, now it was. Uh, I thought this was. I don't know what this movie was rated. I noticed that like about halfway through, there wasn't really any much profanity. There was not a lot of profanity, if any at all. And I was like, well, the maybe- one guy, the little dude that rides with Christopher Lee, uh-huh. it was so out of because, like you said, there wasn't hardly any profanity at all. And they were going, they were driving somewhere, him and Christopher Lee. And I said, th- I know what it was. I think it was when all the tribesmen started chasing their car. Uh-huh. And he was like, uh, Zounds, uh, ho- or, uh, you know, uh, just started saying all the stuff. And then all of a sudden he just looks and he goes, Asshole. <laughs> well, there was a scene where all of a sudden with his lady's titties out. And and I feel like somebody yelled fuck a couple times in that scene. I was like, they must have just used that. Titties out. They were. It was like it was one of the scenes where they're kind of catching you up on the rest of the guys. Uh, The two girls that were in the car together. No, it wasn't the two of them. It was a guy. Oh no, no, no! At the camp, and they, yeah, uh, the girls. He's like, I've never been with a woman before. That was funny because he's like, you know, us great white hunters in uh, Africa were known for our being fearless, and and I, you know, I get along with that. And she's all aggressive, and he's like all backing off. I'm what the fuck? And it's kind of like Stuart Whitman or something. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I've never been with a girl before. (laughs) No. Everything was like match game. It was kind of like a, a Hollywood Squares. I wouldn't have been surprised if like Richard Dawson and and Charles Nelson Riley would have showed up in this. You know. <laughs> now what they what what the Cannonball movies or what you know what Cannonball Run did pretty well is that you know you had the main character you had you had Bert and you had uh, what's his face the the su- guy dressed up like a superhero. What was his name? Dom DeLuise. Uh, Dom DeLuise. That's chaos. But you had. In they that kept movie, you had the other, the other you had the too. other characters, yeah, and you 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 were interested in their stories too. You right. had fucking uh, Barbeau with her unzipped fucking uh, good lord, and uh, uh, and then you had the Jackie Chan car, and but it didn't matter how many times they showed the other guys. You had the French guys in this one. You had and, the two but they lesbians. Did, to me, that that was kind of a they, they um, when they would show them. God, it was so uninteresting and unfunny. Like there was yeah, nothing and it, good and it was it. only like just for like a couple seconds. I mean, I I could you couldn't get hell. I forgot about most of them, and then they show yeah. them again. I'm like, okay, well, oh hell, I forgot that they were even in it. Right, and they would just show them just to show them how they get wiped out or whatever. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, that was really kind of. Um, I think Harry Hurwitz fell down on the job on that one, <laughs> and I think that sounds like a fake name. Harry Hurwitz. I'm wondering if that's not David Carradine. <laughs> David Carradine directed. Uh, oh, projection. and here's a funny one that ends up. It, it wasn't probably as funny at the time, but when he said that he got a divorce from his wife for uh, sexual perversion, and she's like, you know, well, what did you do? And he was like, it wasn't me, it was her. He divorced his wife <laughs> because she was for some sexual perversion. You know, and uh, then I started thinking about Carradine hanging by his neck in oh. a, a Bangkok hotel room, now, which that- I really don't care about that i think that that that's who gives a shit that is um that's that is the scene when i realized that they weren't using like a lot of profanity or being like it probably wasn't an r-rated movie because he like when he said well what about you what have you been and she just kind of was like uh uh," and they kind of drop it 
and I that was like, you know what? They hardly said anything like raunchy at all in this movie, and it, mm-hmm. it's 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 the kind of movie that's ripe to be raunchy. Like there, there could have been yeah, but I, and you know, it, it, without with, with the exception of them showing that one girl's boobs when the tent got tore down or whatever. I mean, this could have been like a goddamn almost like a a a, a Disney movie or something yeah, like that they showed at the drive-in when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but yeah, you you know, you mentioned the giraffe galloping and stuff. I mean, that kids would be interested in that kind of stuff, yeah. and kids want to see cars jumping and shit like that. But I don't know. Let's hear what you have to say. I, okay. Um, I like this because I thought it was funny. It was it was so so uh, like the acting in it was really kind of the line delivery and everything was cheesy and everything and and I think that you didn't like it because it was too much like that but I was I watched it and I was laughing like at David Carradine you know what's <laughs> yeah get that monkey out of here you know or something like, I mean just the way he would deliver his lines I always was, laughed when that little monkey would a uh, little baboon baby would pop out of her bag she'd open yeah. it and just be like boing and it was just grabbing her hair and you know that thing would shit all over the place <laughs> and everything hey, and they, uh, they didn't have a diaper on it so the the um I'm looking at the poster right now, and the poster they make Stalker Channing look like fucking Adrian Barbeau. They got her tits <laughs> smashed together. They're making her look real hot with these super short shorts. Uh, if fucking Carradine even says, you know, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, well, I'm him. I'm the real one. You, <laughs> you, really, you really aren't. <laughs> you, you know that they were kind of they were like, okay, uh, Cannonball Run's been out, uh, Smoking the Bandit's been out. Let's make uh, Stalker Channing because we can't afford like a really. Uh, big name actress. We can't afford Sally Field. We can get her cheap, and uh, we'll make a, a a. It'll be Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run together <laughs> in Africa. And um, I thought Carradine was cool. I, I just liked the way he looked in this. Um, I liked his hat and everything. He has a cowboy hat that he wore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just exactly that. It was like a low budget. And I don't know how low the budget was if they shot – well, in Africa, they probably was low because they probably didn't have to pay anybody anything. Yeah. Um, the cost was all just getting there and feeding the people. The absurdity of his space balls, of Christopher Lee's space ball helmet. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. He should have been ashamed of himself. And he was so such a, a pompous – like uh, uh, aristocrat that I thought that was funny when he, he would, would drive be, around singing opera. <laughs> yeah, the, the Borgias. And he was talking, he said uh, all the famous Borgias and he said Victor Borgia and uh, it was, which it was Victor Borga and it doesn't even spell the same way. <laughs> but I mean, there was shit like that. And the little dude that was with him when he would start singing and Lee's driving down the road and he goes, Ooh, Baboons in the road, and the guy just starts fucking making up these stupid fucking songs. I thought that was fucking fun. Try to think what else. Um, they, had, they had the uh, the love scene in the mud, and she was like. Hey, you get what she's kids get more friction, and when she said that, I was like, "That's kind of gross," because that means that her pussy had fucking mud in it, uh, and the grit from the from the grit from the dirt and everything that turned her on. Um, yeah, she wasn't that hot, but yeah, that, but that's another thing about her though is it's like there at one time she must have known somebody or something. I don't know what because like when she she, she played Rizzo in Greece. And, you know, I, first of all, they were supposed to be high school kids and she looked like she was about 35 at that. (laughs) 
and she wasn't like really sexy or super mm-hmm. hot or anything, but these guys, she, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know about that. And she would get like on TV shows and like they would give her a vehicle to try and give her a show, TV show and everything. And it wouldn't work. So I never could understand her that much, but, um, I don't know. I can't. There's not that much more to to to, to, to say about it. I I just thought it was fun. Okay. Like Sammy said, well, what do you mean? You know, what's it mean? Uh, define when you say, you know, I thought a movie was just fun or something. You know, I think a fun movie is when you watch a movie and it's good. Well, you know, and this is a, this is coming from a fucking uh, another podcast where they review movies. These some of these cult movies that are fucking just like the stabilizer and shit like that, you know. Oh, this fucking movie sucks, but it's so good. It's a cult classic, and everything. But you know, but I did. I just thought it was funny. I I, I thought the acting was just kind of like uh, really the, the script was cheesy. Uh, Carradine looks like he's just kind of about maybe a little bit drunk and you know just kind of trying to swagger through it. Uh, Christopher Lee, like you said, is kind of like a what the fuck? What's what's going on here? But you know what? Hey, guess what, Christopher Lee? You must have needed the fucking money, so don't think you're too goddamn good to be in a fucking movie like this. He's like, I'm going to be Count Dooku someday. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, people. I'd fucking rather watch this movie any day over that one fucking Star Wars movie I watched last time. That movie sucked cock. This movie is a goddamn Academy Award winner. That, oh, that, come on. I don't that know. Funny. <laughs> At least this one had some funny shit in it. All right. Well, let's get into our rating here. Um, this is for me. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I give it a little, 5. It's a little. <laughs> you thought it was average, too? Well, after, no, after no. all that, after you all get yeah. over me. I say a little, just a slightly less than average movie. Eh, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't like disgusted. I was watching. I was just like, ah, why? What? I'm telling you what. If you were fucking high, you'd fucking love it. <laughs> Probably because um, it's. Fu- I, I really. I think I thought it was funnier than you did. I, I, I definitely not, think you thought. I think it's not funny. because everything hit on. It's because everything there was just like these cliche. Everything was just like I said. I think that they just said. Goddamn, Burt Reynolds makes these fucking movies, and it's going to be so easy. All we have to have is, uh, you know, we'll get some stuntmen. You've got to uh, rate this higher than a five. <laughs> no, why? I don't know. I feel like I didn't like it nearly as much as you did. No, I, 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 I give it about a five. <laughs> All right. The highest I would go on this would be. I, I, I have a hard time saying five point five, but I'm not. But I'll t- I will say this: I'm not. When I say five, I'm not saying that I don't recommend it because I I recommend this to to a lot of people. I think I think it's fucking just funny and it's cheesiness. The, I say four point five and go watch Death Race and Cannonball instead. Um, I like this better than Cannonball. I don't know if I liked it better than Death Race, but I haven't seen Death Race in a while. We should review that. That movie's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, four point five and a five panning. point something. So. If this had like Adrian Barbeau as the chick, oh or some some hot chick from back then, she would have shown her tits though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And had her and David Carradine fucking or something. Mm. Yeah, you know, no, you know what? This movie it, it would it, it would uh, it was easily be shown on TV back then. They didn't have to cut too much of it out. Uh, you could take, like I said, it could be a drive-in movie where you could have took your kids to go see it. Uh, and I don't think they would have been that much of a problem with that. Nah. It had good. It had some good family humor. 
Like, you know, I, I could see my mom and dad us <laughs> taking us kids in the, in the fucking uh, station wagon to the drive-in and sitting there watching this and thinking it was... <laughs> Cool. Well, that's that's our review. That's our review for Safari 2000. Than a five point, than a five. I tell you what, if you said if Channing was instead of if Barbeau would be better, if Carradine wasn't in this, this movie would have been fucking like a two. <laughs> I like him. I, I, thought, I like Carradine. I, yeah. I told you. I thought just the uh, just um. Now I'm not saying that his acting in this. No, well, his acting's nothing. I'm just to- saying I thought. This is the coolest he ever looked because he's in the middle stage. It's before he got old and had the long, stringy, ugly hair mm-hmm. and uh, the cowboy hat and just the, the you know the way he kind of held himself. He'd wear those driver's gloves, had the jeans on and the cowboy boots and stuff. And I just thought he looked cool. I give you that he did look cool, and, and like I said, he, he I liked I liked his laid back his laid back attitude. Like he like he knew it was a shitty movie, and he. But really, I think this is having too, fun. I think this too. Um, now I know, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how much they spent on this movie, but I will say that I think that with it being Carradine, I don't remember, I think, well, you know, actually, I mean, I thought Sally Fields was cute, Mm -hmm. uh, when she was in the first Smokey and the Bandit, but I didn't think she was like a gorgeous beauty. No. And and I don't, I don't, I think it would have been kind of off if Carradine, I think if you're talking about having someone play and she's a, a photographer or something like that, I mean, it would have been kind of over the top to have her be like uh, some fucking hot supermodel chick or something like that. So they kind of match up good. I thought that the, their their love their, their their like love story kind of a thing was kind of believable because I thought they were kind of on the same level, the same wavelength, and I thought there was a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. I don't know. You didn't like it, but I mean, that's fine. That's fine. You know, it, Sally Field's always been one of those ones that's hard for me to look at as like super sexy or whatever because she fucking reminds me so much of my mom. <laughs> something about her, like the way, the, like her face or something makes me like, it, I see my mom in her face definitely. So I think she's hot. How old's your mom? <laughs> she's uh, mid 60s. Oh, no, 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 no offense, mom loaf. <laughs> I'm sure you were a hot near Burt Reynolds probably would have loved you. <laughs> Cool. Your dad uh, could have been Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah that would have been <laughs> just as bad as and that would have been just as bad as your <laughs> <laughs> uh, porters and shit. <laughs> cool. Let's take a break and come back and review possibly a better movie, In Body and Clyde. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. <laughs> but don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. Oh, it's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libson.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour.
Clyde wish that they were bulletproof. Uh, so yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, 1967. Um, this is one I'm glad uh, Zom picked for me to see because I had never seen it before. Um, just one of those ones that leaked through the cracks, if you will, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and I'll, I'm going to let Zom take the lead here, but uh, a somewhat romanticized account of the career of the notoriously violent bank robbing couple and their gang. Yes. Okay. Now this movie, um, it's a fucking classic. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's a pretty big big movie. Uh, the thing that you have to keep in mind while watching this, uh, because. Like I told Loaf one time, I said something about you know uh, Bonnie and Clyde's on uh, Netflix Instant Watch if you want to watch some ultra violence or whatever like that. Okay, and then you, if you watch the movie, seeing some of the shit that we see today, mm-hmm. you might be kind of like, well, hell, it's not that bad. But in 1967, this was like one of, one of if not the first movie to use like uh, blood the squibs. And shit like that, and yeah. to show because for the most part, if you watch a Cagney movie or if you watch a John Wayne movie uh, or something like that, and they're shooting, 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 someone gets shot, but they just fall down. There's no hole, there's no blood or anything right, like right. that. And in this movie, um, I have a book. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's all about uh, ultra violent, the history of ultra violent movies, and uh, this this one even predates the Wild Bunch, uh, which Wild is Bunch known sixty nine. Yeah, it's it was known for you know the the you know real strong violence and everything, and um, but um, if you my sister got me, you know this was a, a like you know like I said it's a classic. For a, a lot of people of of the generation, the uh, you know uh, late sixties, early seventies, during and uh, then uh, like TBS uh, would show it. It was a it was a cable TV staple for you know it was one of those ones that was on all the time. Um, has a it was a career starter for Gene Hackman. Uh, this was one of the first movies that he was in that he really. Might be the I don't know if it was the first movie he was in, but it was one of the first ones that he was in that he really got noticed and uh, got nominated uh, for I think an Oscar, and um, yeah he he was I think he was in like TV shows and stuff like that, uh, and um, the the lady that played um, Blanche uh, Barrow Estelle Parsons uh, she actually got an Oscar or her role, uh, Michael J. Pollard's in it. And he became, uh, you know, he, he was a face, uh, from the, you know, seventies movies. He was in a lot of shit. Of course, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Okay. Now the, the, the history of the movie and this, this movie really uh, made out for, uh, (laughs) Estelle Parsons. Uh, she went, she went on to play the exact same character in, uh, in Roseanne. (laughs) 
Yeah, but, but what, what I think is funny is Warren Beatty, um, you know, he was in Splendor in the Grass and some movies like that. And he was known for being like a Hollywood stud and fucking these girls and always being a gigolo, screwing Joan Collins and these ones that were like older, you know, older yeah. milfs and shit like that. But uh, he produced this movie. Okay. And so they were worried because I guess that, you know, because of the violence and, and some of the sexual content in it. Um, um, that it wouldn't get released and that the the studio was kind of like, well, I don't know if we want to put this out or where. So they started thinking, okay, well, um, we'll make this movie, but if it fucking flops, uh, which they were hedging their bets and they told Beatty, they said, well, we will um, just give you a certain percentage of, of whatever the movie makes. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting eighty-two million dollars <laughs> from fucking because you know the movie ended up being like this smash hit and a classic. And I mean, every penny that this movie has made, he gets a percentage off of. And so then he was pretty. When, when people, if you look at Warren Beatty's career, he really didn't make a lot of shit. He would he would pick projects, whatever he wanted to make. He would pick special projects like the movie Reds and stuff, and 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 movies that just meant something to him or whatever like that. And he had the ability to do that because he had so much fucking money. Um, it is, like I was going to say, my sister got me a, a book uh, for my birthday, which is um, the memoirs of Blanche Barrow. Uh, and so it's it, it kind of tells more of the, the real true story. And, of course, with the internet, you can look up a lot of that shit. Yeah. Um, so when Loaf was saying that it's a fictionalized version, it is um, – there's, I think they I mean, kind of make they make Pollard into a couple guys. Like yeah. Pollard is, takes place takes the place of maybe two or three people, right? And and, and the, it's 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 more romanticized, and and you know they they make them uh, you know a lot more because you're you're with them and you're following them around. They're a lot more likable, uh, you know, characters. But I mean that's Hollywood. An interesting but, thing I was reading. Maybe you're going to touch on this, but the you know Beatty being Beatty's character being. Um, being impotent in the movie yeah, and that, you know, for him to do that with his reputation was probably, but the, the re I think the reason they did that, um, I was reading because the real life, uh, Clyde was bisexual. Well, I read some, see, I had always heard that they said, well, you know, uh, Clyde really wasn't impotent. They threw that in the movie as a, as a, um, just kind of something different to change it up. And it was, you know, something that, uh, no, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say titillating, but you know, it's something like you know, God, this is who would have ever thought, you know, in, in at that time in a Hollywood movie that they would touch on a subject like that. Now, but I had always heard after that that you know they said Clyde was screwing both Bonnie and C.W. Moss and all this. <laughs> but you know, which isn't which isn't a leap because he had spent like a bunch of time in prison and you know he was probably doing the jailhouse rock with the number 47 said to number three <laughs> you're the cutest jailbird I ever did see and they didn't have like fucking co-ed prison so uh, but I also read that one of the guys that like you we, the, the the gang in this movie it starts out just Bonnie and Clyde right. and then they pick up C.W. Moss who's a guy a mechanic in a gas station and he becomes their driver and he he's involved in the and the violence and stuff too uh, and then uh Clyde's brother Buck uh gets out of prison and he brings his wife to just visit them and at that time 
Bonnie and Clyde were already were known. You know, they had become known uh, as being these these criminal bank robbers and shit like that. And his wife is the daughter of a preacher. And when Buck gets out of prison, you know, the the, the dad welcomes him with open arms. You know that he's going to give him a second chance and all this net. And um, they come and and he says, you know, we're not we're not gonna we don't want to be involved in any of this. We're just coming to visit and everything. Well, they get brought into it, but in real life, I guess there was several other guys. Like you said, CW was a was kind of an amalgamation of a yeah. couple of guys, but there were actually other guys that were involved too that were had been in prison with Clyde and everything. And they said one of his big things, the real life guy, was that he wanted to. Uh, get enough money and guns and explosives and stuff like that to go back to this prison and have like a big jailbreak, almost like a Marine where he went back crazy, almost like a crazy man and went back to the prison and tried to break in and help and mm-hmm. help people escape, which he did. There was a couple of them. I think they actually helped escape. Um, but we're talking about the fucking movie, see, <laughs> which it's, it's easy. It's almost like when, uh, when, um, uh, the gentleman did Walking Tall. You know, I called in some feedback because I really uh, read a lot about the actual Buford Pusser, and it's easy when it's a true story to get off on the what was real compared to what was in the movie and stuff like that. But we'll go with the, just the movie now. I mean, after we already talked about this, <laughs> but anyway, um, I had this is another one that I had seen so many times. That I kind of put it away, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't watched it in years, probably since I, I, you know, I might have watched it like in the early '90s or something, but I haven't watched it since because I had just seen it so many times. I could probably quote uh, at that time, probably quoted every goddamn line and everything because I saw it so much. Um, but um, I'm glad they put it on instant watch because I I remembered it. I was, you know, was being really good and everything. Well, then when I started watching it, and I gave you this big buildup, I started watching it and I was like, yeah, you know, this is. And I didn't get the feeling uh, because it, that it was because I had seen it so many times. I just was kind of like, okay, this is it's good, but I, you know, I, but then there's. A part where it really fucking starts to take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first meets her, he just has gotten out of prison, uh, and they, there's a, there's kind of a, especially like I said for 1967, you really don't see anything of Faye Dunaway, but she's totally naked, and she sees some guy looking in her mom's car, and she just goes to the window, and there's a screen there and everything. And like the wood of the window is kind of across her boobs, I think. Yeah, I posted a screenshot of it. But there's this thing. I mean, if there was a hot next door neighbor and you were down on the ground floor and she's up on the second floor and she stands there naked, even though parts of her are covered up, you'd still be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, there's one scene and I like the way they shot it when she's like, hey, boy, <laughs> you know, because she's like a Texas redneck or whatever. <laughs> and um, she goes, you just wait there. You just wait there. And she throws on a dress and she comes clomping down the steps. But when she comes, she comes running down the steps and the way the camera, the way Penn had, or, you know, as the camera set up, it's like almost like going up her crotch as she's, mm-hmm. and she's not coming down in a sexy way. She's kind of got her like, down the steps. And I like that shot. But then there's, there's one scene uh, where, 
<laughs> Beatty drinks an entire like he has a bottle of of uh, he t- says uh, uh, I got enough man to take you down to take you, it's like almost an Andy Griffith thing take you down and buy you a bottle of pop you know she goes oh I'm going to work anyway so they walk along and he drinks a he drinks a bottle of pop with a uh, match. In the corner of his mouth, and he doesn't take it out, so it's it's kind of like his cool thing. Yeah, and he tells her about I, my sister always laughed at this line where he tells her to to get off a work detail in prison. He chopped off two of his toes with an axe, and he goes, "I'll show you right now." I don't want to see your dirty feet. She goes, "I do not play." I don't say. But what's funny is she gets down there. He puts his foot up on it on a fire hydrant, and she crouches down. Right by his foot, and then she kind of—I think she kind of stops herself because I think at first she was like, "Oh my god!" And then when she she's like, "I do not intend stand here staring at your dirty feet," and um, but he's kind of just a—I don't know. I mean, he's not—he's kind of just a dumbass, and I think he's. Uh, because like right there, there was a scene they had sexual undertones. Mm-hmm. Like she goes, oh, I bet you, you know, you never robbed no bank. You're full of shit or whatever. And he pulls a gun out and he kind of – he's on there on the main street, but the, it's in the dust bowl. So everything's pretty deserted and everything. And he pulls his gun out and he kind of has it under his arm so she can just see it. And she reaches over and starts like rubbing the barrel. Wow. Yes. Like, yeah, like it's his big old dick. She really liked <laughs> that fucking gun. She got fucking damp in the fucking knickers when she fucked <laughs> on that pistol. But he just no planning or nothing. And they said in the um in a lot of the real list, real stuff that um they were more apt the whole gang and everything were more apt to be like robbing grocery stores and gas stations and shit like that than mm-hmm. than actual, you know, going in and robbing banks. And that was one thing they they touched on in the movie was that the the newspapers sensationalized it so much that they could be in Texas and if a bank got robbed in Missouri they'd say it was the Bonnie and Clyde gang. Yeah. You know? So they got they got either their national fame got bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the reasons was when they they would stay at these like uh, little motor lodge motels or it'd be like little cottages that they could rent. Mm-hmm. And in one one of those things in real life and in the movie. Um, the, the cops came and they had a big shootout and they got away. Well, the cops found all these pictures that they had taken. So all the pictures that you see on the internet of the real people, which they also show kind of – they mock it up in the – with uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway and Hackman and all of them doing the same poses. They, the, the cops found all these pictures of them posing, you know, acting goofy with their guns and stuff like that. Um, so then because – they had all these pictures. Then they said, well, look, there's Bonnie Parker with her gun, machine gun, and she's got a cigar in her mouth and all this nettery. Uh, so it was kind of titillating. But um, the, the, the parts, it kind of goes along with Buck and they meet and everything. And, and, and uh, what's her name? Blanche is such – and even the real Blanche said she hated – she told Beatty, and they were friends. They were friends until I think she died. That you know, she gave consent to make the movie and everything, and to use her name and uh-huh. her memoirs and everything. But she said she hated the way she was portrayed in the movie because it, for Hollywood's sake, they made Blanche this really over the top. Like anytime action starts, she just starts screaming. Yeah. She loses her shit, and and Bonnie fucking can't stand her. And if you've see, if you've ever been around any. 
in-laws or like your your girlfriend or your wife's family and there's somebody or friends that get on your nerves but because they're friends of hers you have to tolerate them that's the way this is and i I, i've had that happen so many times where you're just sitting there like jesus fucking christ these people are going to be here for like all weekend living in my house and i can't even take a shit (laughs) so anyway that was pretty funny and um but there there's one scene and you posted a screen cap of it where Clyde kills like his first man and I, <laughs> I mean, got so lucky with that pause because I was trying to get the pause <laughs> right after that happens when the the glass shatters yeah the, but the fucking the fire with the guy screaming I was like whoa how did that happen well I remember watching this when I was young and everything and I mean that was pretty at that at that time that was pretty intense because mm-hmm. like you said you never saw really you never really saw blood and real violence portrayed where you had blood and and the consequences of it. If John Wayne shot an Indian, the Indian would grab his chest and fall down. But it was kind of like, you know, okay, well, there's no gore, no nothing. And Clyde shoots – this guy jumps on the back of their car and, well, and when they're getting away and he shoots him right in the face. And uh, the, the, the window just has blood all over it. And that's one thing also about this movie. Um, if you're interested in like old cars, this oh, movie's just fucking full And – it's funny how the times were because if you knew – like to, I, I would imagine these days with all the electronic stuff in cars, it's pretty hard to fucking just get jump in one and steal it. Yeah. Whereas back then, <laughs> fuck, you could just steal a car like nothing. You they know? just walk up under the hood and crank the car under the hood and then get yeah. in and drive away. And I remember that um, we always thought it was so cool – uh, when someone would uh, in gangster movies would like leap up on the sideboards, these cars had side what they called sideboards around the bottom of the door, mm-hmm. and you could like stand on them and grab a hold of the the window or whatever and just hang on while somebody was driving. And one, I think it was like one of my dad's first cousins lived in Cleveland, and we'd go up there and they had one of those old cars like that that was a convertible and it had the uh, rumble seat, so it was a two seater. Well, it wasn't a two-seater because it had a bench seat, but it just had a, a seat for the driver, maybe somebody sitting in the middle, and a passenger. Oh, my but, my cousin – okay, my, my uncle passed away a couple years ago, and he was the kind of guy that he always wanted to restore an old car but never quite could finish. And the closest one he got to was a, was a, this 34 Ford, and my cousin, his son, when he died, uh, finished it. Like he paid yeah. to have it finished, and it's it's – fucking beautiful but it's got it's it's a two-seater but it's got one of those like bench like trunk seats in the back right. like a couple of yeah that's what they, they called it a rumble seat and that's what he had one and we were just little kids we were probably like maybe seven years old or whatever and then we thought it was so cool to uh ride in the rumble seat and mm-hmm. then i rode in the passenger seat and he had like three or four switches up there and each one of them had different horn sounds like it would play like or something like that or and we'd just drive around doing that and everybody would look but it's like it's almost like american uh, john milner's car in american graffiti but his was souped up like a hot rod yeah um the um you had that right there but then there was there were several big shootouts with like a shitload of cops because somebody would see them. <laughs> the cops and, in this movie did not fuck around. If they were like, yeah. hey, it would be like, hey, we think the Bonnie and Clyde gang are in this <laughs> hotel. So instead of like going and seeing if it's actually them, the cops would just fucking like go make a wall around the place and just open fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, um, another kind of horrific 
uh, scene was because you you get to know you get to know um, like uh, all of them because they all hang out and they show them in the downtime, right? And you get to know Buck, and he's kind of a big goofy hillbilly and everything. So you get to like some of the people and everything. And then in the one scene um, uh, when they had a shootout, like I said, they were at one of those motor lodges, and I think that was when C.W. and Blanche went to get some chicken. And um, uh, when he's getting the money out to pay for the chicken, he he does, isn't thinking, and he opens his jacket up to reach in to get his money, and there's a pistol in his and it's tucked in his pants, and there's a a sheriff or a city policeman there eating, and he just glances over and sees it. Well, so that's how they find him. But um, in that scene when they're getting away, um, you you start you, – you do see the violence because there are several times where after Clyde shoots the first guy, well, then – you know, it just escalates, and and it's almost like a war. I mean, when the cops are there, they they don't think twice because they're trying to get away, and they shoot several cops, which in real life they did shoot a bunch of cops. Mm-hmm. Um, and but um, in the one scene I'm talking about, you you start to see you see like several of the people in the gang uh, get wounded, and uh, that happens a couple in a couple of different shootouts. Uh, the one. The the one that I well there was a couple of them that were really um, because like I said it's almost like the movie Butch Cassidy or not yeah Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid where you you get even though they're outlaws you right. get to where you kind of like them right and when Buck I mean C W he gets out of the car uh, they stop the car just so, because the the car is breaking down or something they stop the car and and you know they they basically some of them fall out of the car because they're hurt. And Bonnie's sitting there, and CW just grabs her and takes her off, just to, just kind of as an aside, takes her off to the side and says, you know, half his head's gone. And, you know, they, they, they it's it, so you're like, Jesus. And he's like, Mom, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think the dog took my shoes because he's, he's just fucking delirious. He's got this giant head trauma or whatever. And um, I always, when I watch the movie, Blanche has some uh, like blood on her or around like on the side of her cheek or by her eye, mm-hmm. and she's like my eye, my eye. But I didn't never knew what was going on. And Bonnie, even though she couldn't stand her and everything, she shows like this compassionate moment where she brings her over these sunglasses and says, "Here, put these on," you know, to, to help her. And what it was in real life, and they have pictures. The actual pictures of when they got Blanche, the cops got her, and she's wearing those like riding pants and stuff, and she wasn't like bad looking, you know, in real life. <laughs> and, uh, but what it was, was when the cops shot, it busted the, the, glass, the glass out. Yeah. That, that's what it seemed like. The, the, yeah. the front glass of the car got in her face. She got glass in both eyes. And I think she lost the sight in one of them or whatever. But so you start seeing that, that kind of, um, that kind of stuff, which makes it more real. And like I said, if it was a Cagney or Bogart or, uh, you know, a movie like that from the, um, the, the old gangster movies, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see that kind of um, like somebody suffering and right. like real injuries. Uh, there was a scene. There's people really the the that was one thing I really took away as a strength of this is the the reaction to gunfire. Now there's a few scenes yeah. like with uh, Hackman using a mattress to protect against yeah. bullets, which you know that probably wouldn't stop bullets, but the um, but when somebody actually gets hit, it looks. 
it looks fucking painful. Like the people go down. <laughs> fucking, uh, you know, when Dunaway gets shot in the arm, she's there like, was wow! like yeah, there's, there's two scenes where Clyde gets shot in the arm, and there's this great big blood plop. Mm-hmm. Just it looks like a big chunk of his arm gets blown out. And when Bonnie, when they're going across in that creek trying to get away, mm-hmm. and that guy shoots her, I I was like, oh my god! I mean, it just you're like fuck. And uh, then they're they're like carrying her, and she and it was perfect because she has on this all white dress, <laughs> and it's just got gore on it, you know, yeah. just the blood and everything. And the, another scene, as far as the violence goes, that was really effective was um, they both get in the back of the car uh, in the back seat, and CW's driving him, and he stops at this like kind of it wasn't a, I wouldn't say a hobo camp because it, like I said, it was in the Dust Bowl, so there was a lot of people in the Depression that were getting kicked off their farms yeah, and everything yeah so They're it's almost moving like somewhere yeah it's like the the um the, the uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it was you know like uh, the, to california and um and and uh cw stops and he he gets out and he's like you know can i can i uh, uh could you spare us some drinking water and the people go over to the car and bonnie and clyde are in the back seat and they're just covered in blood, and they're you know you can just tell that they're about half dead. Like uh, uh, the only thing, they look really looked horrible. But I thought it would have really looked even more effective if they would have made them look really pale, you know. But you mm-hmm. still almost got that mm-hmm. feeling, even though they weren't. You know, you're like fuck because they were just out of it. I think they were either well, Clyde wasn't unconscious, but you know when you feel like total shit. And you just want to sit there with your eyes closed, and some the guy they know who they are because they're kind of famous. And the guy comes over and just like kind of touches his hand. And he just looks up at him like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I like that. I like the interaction when they would be at like a, a motel or something like that. They'd be in there singing or playing chess, and like I said, you had that that it it needed to have that because you needed to get to know the people. Yeah. yeah, they're criminals, and actually, you know, they're they're fucking murderers and shit, and criminals. You can say they they try and play it off because they're like, you know, uh, we rob banks, and at that time, the banks were at, considered assholes. They were mm-hmm. foreclosing on people's mortgages and shit like that. But like I said, they were going into mom and pop grocery stores, and, you know, bashing people's heads in and everything. But um, they're. There's some character actors in it. I think uh, was it, not Sorrel Brooks. That was fucking Boss Hall going down. <laughs> I, I accidentally Uncle closed Jesse. out my IMDb and everything. But the guy that plays Den- Denver uh, Pyle. Yeah, well, there's Denver Pyle, and then there's the guy that played CW's dad. And uh, oh, he, who was he? He looked really shit. fucking familiar. Yeah, I wanted to say Sorrel Brooks, but it's not him. Um, I cl- I fucking closed out my thing. And um, but uh, uh, he, he was Taylor. really good. Dub Taylor. Yeah, Dub Taylor. He was really good in it, and um, I, 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 the, <laughs> I'll tell you another really effective shot in this uh, that has something to do with uh, with like how we talk on our show is when Denver it's <laughs> a giant hawker right in Bonnie's fucking Faye Dunaway's face. Oh my god! I it's like fuck <laughs> for me. <laughs> Uh, for me, like spitting on someone or getting spit on—that is one of the nastiest things you can do. Like as right far, in like, the face, like that's like, the mouth that's like slapping somebody. I mean, that's as, that's as offensive to me. Like that's about 
the rudest thing you can do to somebody is spit on them and he fucking just bleh, like a fucking you know, it looked like his mouth was full of water <laughs> yeah oh my it, was God. Just, it wasn't like a bleh, it was like a big glop i felt it hit her right in the fucking face right in the I, mouth. I i felt the rage like when he when that happened even <sighs> though <laughs> he, even though they were probably the assholes <laughs> in this case yeah, I fucking was like, like right. I felt the, I felt the well, burning can you imagine anger. If someone did that to your fucking wife oh. or your girl, you know, your girlfriend that you're loving, somebody just fucking hawks right in their fucking face. Uh, fucking, he lost it. You he what, fucking lost it. <laughs> Faye Dunaway. You talk about somebody that, that you know that that did something for her method. You know, it's like Jesus Christ. Now, one thing I do want to want to bring up, and we talked about it just a little bit at the beginning, because I wasn't sure at first how what if you were thinking like what the fuck's going on here but when they were going to fuck the first time were you kind of like okay what's the deal here yeah well this Clyde it, would kind of start up or no not even before they fuck even when they were in the car the first time and she starts she gets all excited and is kissing on him and everything and he just kind of starts like well he pushes backing back off. and I guess cuz he's ashamed but he does say he's like I, I, ain't know, no, but, I ain't no lover boy yeah but I mean when I was but see I, I guess I'm looking at it kind of like when I was a kid and I didn't understand mm-hmm. I was like what the fuck I I never I didn't know what being impotent was cuz right, I mean right, I right. saw this for the first time when I was in like a uh, probably like grade school or something. So I was just kind of like, well, you know, he's not, he's not like, a, I don't know, you know, cause I, I was probably of the age when I first saw this, when you're a, when you're a, a little boy and you're in the He-Man Woman Haters Club, and if a girl liked you at school, if somebody teased you about it, you'd get pissed. Oh, so you're like, like, gross women? Yeah, 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 He-Man Woman Haters Club. But then, but, so I was relating to it like that, but I wasn't relating to it like, okay, Clyde can't get his dick hard. Right. You know, for whatever reason. And I guess, I don't know if you were supposed to think, well, maybe it's because he was in prison or what happened to him or something. Well, I don't what, know. What I was reading, you maybe know, when I mentioned the, <laughs> when I mentioned the bisexual thing, I, yeah. what, the, what it seemed like is, cause I, I actually looked this up because I said, I looked up like Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde impotent or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason they touched on impotence is because, Saying that he was bisexual was not maybe something that they, they were couldn't have done that at in that the time. '60s. Yeah, because that would have been that would have been a lot harder. So in order to have the the awkward sexual tension between them, right. they needed something that like a more like hetero comfortable uh, audience would be familiar with, and you know him f- feeling a little less than manly would be. I think that that would be the best way to do it. I guess. Yeah, I, but I just there were several times, and you're just like, like two or three times. I think they copped out a little bit with that when they finally had yeah. them. I, you know, it's like all of a sudden, okay, he can't get it up, but then all of a sudden, when just, she writes a poem, yeah, he just can. And I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of a cop out. It, it works, it works in the movie because you do like them and you want them, you know, to be together. Now, one telling scene that I thought was done really well that they put in there was when I think it was after they had sex. And of course he's, he's really insecure about it. And he's doing the, you know, well, how was it? And everything. And she goes, it was, you, you were great. Don't worry about it. Everything was the way, went the way it was supposed to. And he's like relieved and all this, and that, which was kind of like, almost like they were kids. Yeah. Uh, like the first time you had fucking sex with a chick. Uh, <laughs> but the, the one thing that was kind of telling was when she says, uh, you know, if we could just start over clean right now, 
we're together just like we are now and we're in love, but all the stuff that we've done, we can just go away somewhere. Nobody knows who we are. Nobody knows anything about us and we can just start clean. How, what would you want to do? And his, his thing was, well, first of all, uh, we wouldn't pull jobs in the same state that we lived in. And she's like, Jesus Christ. And then her boner goes away. <laughs> yeah. Because she realizes, you know, he's just, he has no vision. Like he, 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 they, they have each other now and they're in love and they've, they, you know, that's a great thing when you meet somebody that you, that you, uh, you know, click with and that you fall in love with and everything. And, but he can't get past his white trash. Let's go out. I mean, he, I think he's a, uh, a, a adrenaline junkie yeah. and not only that, but I just think that from where he came from, he's like, I'm not going to be some fucking truck driver coming in here, feeling you up every night and all this and that. And so, but I just thought you could just see her get deflated and he doesn't, he's oblivious cause he's just fucking a, a dumbass. Yeah. Um, but anyway, your thoughts. Well, um, you know, well, I, I can touch on that because that not having seen this film, I, I didn't know how the characters would be portrayed. And I always assumed, you know, seeing the photos with with Beatty and his pinstripe suit and everything, that he would just be this like, you know, like Tommy Gunn sporting badass. And what I, what, yeah, what I appreciated about it is that they made him kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she. uh yeah, you know, Faye Dunaway or uh, uh, Bonnie, she's really the driving force in what keeps them going a lot of the times because he's just kind of goofy and he does these yeah. things not because he's a fucking like sociopath or anything, but because you know it's funny to him. Like he he thinks you know like you know when they when they're stealing a car at the beginning, she's like, "Hey, that ain't ours," and he's like, "Sure it is." Yeah, and they just drive off. And um, to him, it's not really a thing. And it seemed to really bother him the first time he actually killed a guy. He's like, you know, to the to people around him, he's like, kind of like, oh yeah, I killed a guy or whatever. Like, but you could tell, like, that's not something he'd ever done before. Yeah. And that shit, it just got heavy, you know. And she's kind of, she kind of gets off on that. Like, she yeah. likes learning how to shoot the gun and and all that stuff. When he's probably just fine, you know, holding up the convenience store and shooting right. bottles. You know, she's rubbing on his gun and saying, "Hey, let's go do the next thing. Let's do the <laughs> next thing." Rubbing on his gun. Yeah. Um, Fucking women. <laughs> well, I mean, like she's kind of the the impetus to, get, to keep going on and you know farther and farther. Yeah. Which, but it, it, they keep it interesting because she's got a strong tie to home at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a really good scene. The the uh, the, the the actual um, there were several times in the movie where she's you know. At first, she's all about you know I don't give a fuck. I'm tired of this little hick town or whatever. But then when they when they go away and she's away from that so she, much, she thinks that's what she wants. And then when she realizes when she starts seeing dead people, fucking bullets whizzing by, and the fact well, that after they risk I, their lives, they get like a hundred dollars out of a yeah. Bank. And I think too though, uh, you know, I I feel this way sometimes when you start getting older and you start seeing people that you know and you're like your grandparents and your great uncles and stuff, they're all passing away. But then there comes a point in time in your life where you take for granted, like that your mom and dad are there all the time. Yeah. And, and Bonnie tells Clyde, she goes, you know, you know, I want to go see my mother. She, you know, she's so old now, you know, she's, she's, you know, because then you start facing the fact that one day all your life from the time you're a baby until whenever your parents are there all the time. Yeah. 
And but the whole time you're taking it for granted that they're there. They're getting uh, another year older, another year older, yeah. another year older. And, and then one day you look and your parents are like 70 some years old and you're like, you know, hey, one of these days mom and dad aren't going to be here anymore. That's the I think that's, you know? that's the scene with Gene Wilder and I I, I thought that was a fun scene too. And they and said that that, that 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 situation there which I did not know. They actually did shit like that. They would kidnap they they actually kidnapped that guy it was a mortician and his girlfriend in real life. Just that that and actually and happened. Ate, ate and, and, yeah, and they just and they would do that. They did that with some law, lawmen and stuff. They would kidnap him and they'd just go driving around, driving around, driving around, talk to him. You know, they'd hang out with him, buy him food and everything. And then they'd just leave him out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. And they said they'd even give him money when they drop him off. Wow. And the, and the guy that was the mortician, uh, this the, I guess the actual quote. When she said, you know, well, in real life, what do you do? And he said, I'm a mortician. Bonnie said something to the effect of, well, maybe someday you'll, you'll be working on us. And he did. When, they got, when, when the inevitable happened, he uh, came to the thing and helped the, actual, the, the mortician of the town. To, and they said that they almost could not embalm him. They had so many holes oh. in him that they wouldn't hold the fluid or whatever. And, but anyway, you know. Yeah. The um, uh, I thought it was funny spoiler with, alert with, with Blanche. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's machine gun fire at the end. Uh, yeah. Blanche running around crazy with a butcher knife was pretty fun. Pretty yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, it was kind of wild seeing wild, kind of wild seeing Gene Wilder, uh, Gene his Hackman, and fucking that was his first movie. He yeah, looked, he looked he looked really young. Yeah. Um, Gene Wilder, Gene Hackman, and fucking Warren Beatty all sitting in the car together was pretty crazy yeah. looking. Don't um, sell that cow. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what if you do, son? Don't uh, sell that cow. The um, now another another weird moment in it, and I thought they would say something about it, but in that scene where they're driving around with Wilder, um, when his girlfriend says she's thirty three, and he has that look on his face like what? Maybe she, I guess she had been lying about her age. Yeah. yeah. She (laughs) probably said she was like 20 something. (laughs) Uh, That was pretty funny. But, um, you know, I like the, you know, that scene with the the picnic you you talked, like, I think, did you mention that when they go back to see her? Is it her mom? Yeah. Yeah. But that was good. Like, you know, when she's like, you best keep running, Clyde Barrow. That woman was just some woman that lived around there. They were going to go shoot the scene. And I guess Arthur Penn, there were some people that said, you know, they, they heard that they were going to shoot a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, they just had been, had been out there or been, lived in, or were in the town. Or and Arthur Penn just saw this woman and he fucking put her in the movie and she played uh, Bonnie's mother. And I like when they were showing – it was sort of a montage kind of a thing right? where they were showing them playing. And, and that, that scene right there actually took me back to like when you – have either a family reunion and somebody brings their little kids and you get to see the kids for the first time and you're playing with them. And they were doing that. Like Hackman had the one little boy sitting on his, oh, on his knees and then he dropped them. I, yeah. I was trying to remember. Somebody used to do that in my family when I was, when I was really small and I could not remember who it was that used to do like the, you know, you're like riding the horse and yeah. all of a sudden the horse disappears. And then the whole time 
that they're they're all talking because like a lot of their their cousins and stuff, everybody shows up. They're all talking and they're like, yeah, hey Clyde, how are you doing? You know, doing this and there, telling all these stories, and they're all just having a really good time. And they keep showing this shot of CW, and he's standing up on this like mound, like this hillside, mm-hmm. with a, with a shotgun, just like watching out. Oh yeah, that was. That was and really cool. I will say this: there were two things in this movie that reminded me of you. <laughs> The fucking dad and the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I I thought of you myself. Walked up like that for you. Look like trash. That is exactly. I, that is almost word for word when I got my first tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and he was smacking him. He and he fucking had like a spoonful of beans or something. He threw it in CW's face. Oh, oh there you go. The spit scene and that I felt yeah. the rage. <laughs> but CW just kind of he. It, it's like they say in wrestling. He no sold it. You know, he, <laughs> he totally like, no sold the beans. He's like, yeah, yeah. I thought it looked kind of cool. Bonnie likes it. Bonnie, Bonnie likes it. <laughs> and and they, there was a couple of scenes where CW, you know, they could have had Pollard just play at first, and he does at first, kind of plays like a, a goofy country simpleton. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I ain't afraid and all this snap. But then there were there were a couple of scenes that they throw in there. Like I said, when, when he kind of takes Bonnie off to the side and he goes, his head's, you know, Almost, almost complete. Half his head's gone, or something like that. And then when um, when Bonnie gets shot, CW kind of it's like he he kind of uh, I don't say I don't want to say he hovers over her or whatever, but he he helps her, and you you can tell that he you know he has not that he's I don't I'm not I don't even have any I don't mean to say in any way that he's like in love with Bonnie, but that's like his family. And yeah. It would be like if you saw someone in your family or something and and they got hurt in an accident or something and you're just trying to comfort them. And that gave a humanity to it instead of just being – this could have easily been – like if they made this – if David Carradine and Roger Corman made this movie, which they sort of (laughs) did with Boxcar Bertha a little bit because this movie was successful. So they said we want to make like a – a uh, Bonnie and Clyde kind of a ripoff, and right. that was Boxcar Bertha. I, I think you know, Scorsese did do a good job, but if it was done um, by like a Corman thing, it would have been more like a just straightforward action area. And I don't think there would have been that even Boxcar Bertha. I didn't. There wasn't as that much. Uh, I don't want to say humanity, but real emotion. And it wasn't just everyone just wasn't cookie cutter. These are bad guys. These are good guys. Uh, even though these people were bad, uh, there we were circumstances why they were. And they were still, you know, if you look at the real people, I mean, they're probably assholes and sociopaths or psychopaths or whatever. But they had feelings and they showed them yeah. when their moments together alone or when someone was injured or hurt. Like, like you said, when Clyde, when what's his name, spit in, the, in, in their face and everything. I like when Clyde was putting his sunglasses on and the lens fell out. <laughs> and he kept them on. Yeah. yeah. That was good. I mean, and it's one of those movies. And I always, I always am drawn to characters in films when they, they portray somebody. I, I, I like that. I don't know. Is, is dichotomy the right word when you you find yourself rooting for somebody you probably shouldn't root for? And I always appreciate that in movies when you can, when a director can make somebody sympathetic even when they're fucking just despicable. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, with Hollywood, they're they're going to make them. Yeah, I, I doubt if if the people were. I mean, if they were that one dimensional in real life, then. But I mean, you know. 
I see people every day that are just, you know, you just look at them from all <laughs> you know, from what you see of them, some whether they're uh, just dumb fucking country dumb shits. That's probably what and, they were. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. I, you know, they're probably just now this movie is like, thrill. yeah, it's it's a it's a big influence on like uh, natural born killers. Yeah. And movies like that, there's been a lot of movies that, that have either taken off on it or gotten something out of it. But um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, you know, like I said, I, this time and it, it just kind of – when they first met and everything, I like when they were in the diner. Mm-hmm. I like when they first met and they went to the diner and Clyde just looks at her and he goes, change that. I don't like it about her hair. Yeah. And that just showed you kind of how, how he was but how she was. She just – most, I mean, if you went on a date with like some of the girls that I go, if I if I said that to a girl that I just met, <laughs> you know, I would expect her to be like, "Fuck you! <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are, asshole?" She's this is like a these two are like the perfect storm. Okay, now he was already a criminal, but like you said, he probably would have just went on to be be a low budget criminal or whatever. But it's I was going to say almost like a, a a submissive and a and a uh, a dominant personality, but there's sometimes where she kind of leads him along and yeah. makes him do worse things. But then there's times where I think almost like a sexual thing, where she gets fired up because he's exciting, mm-hmm. and then he could probably he probably could have said, "Get down there and fucking lick my asshole," and she would have done it. <laughs> she probably would have been. She probably if he would have said that, she'd have been like, "Finally." You know, he wants me to do something, you know. To his butthole. To his butthole. Uh, cool. Let's, let's go ahead and rate it. Oh, my God. What would I rate this film? Film. Let me see. Let me think about it. Eight point. <laughs> two five. It's it's a toss up between an eight point five and an eight point two five. Eight point two five. Cool. Um, I give it an eight point five. I really really liked it. Um, I'm glad I watched it. Just- now, if I would have rated this when I was younger, uh-huh. I'd probably give it like a nine or something like that. <laughs> I think I think the reason that my score might be a little bit lower is because I've seen it so many times and. Being being familiar with the story, uh-huh. the ending is still like oh, like you know it, you, yeah. you know it's fucking coming the whole movie, uh-huh. and you're just well. Waiting. And I mean, like I said, I've said this before at the beginning of the the thing and everything. If you consider the time that this movie was made, that ending was people went when they first saw this. They were mm-hmm. it was a, it was a holy shit thing that I mean, people talked about that ending for. 20 years even now you know if, if you're like a a movie geek or whatever people talk about the ending of bonnie and clyde just like they talk about the end of the wild bunch oh yeah or the end of planet of the apes you know uh, you did it you damn dirty you, you <laughs> son of a bitches you know whatever uh, damn you to hell i mean it's a classic ending and even made more chilling for the fact that that's what actually happened yeah he didn't get they said that clyde in real life never left the car though Okay. Well, yeah, you could if you look. There's death photos, which yeah. also I've looked up, and and you could tell they're both sitting in there. You see their fucking like mouths agape and fucking gross, but yeah. Well, that look too, and that's that's part of the classic ending is uh, when he gets out to 
you know, do whatever. And all of a sudden the doves fly out of the bushes and they hear this. And And they finally realize and they just turn and give each other that look like this is it. Bye-bye. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that was was a really good one. So uh, high recommend for that one. 8.25 at 8.5. We're going to take a break and power through some feedback so Zom can go get his ticker checked out. We will be right back. I got a shit too. But I'll hold off. I'll go in there and they'll be like, your blood pressure is really high. What's wrong? Well, I haven't slept all day and I have to shit. And I can't see. There's our shit talk. We'll be right back. Yeah, there you go. Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. Negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yummy. That one's dedicated to Metal Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought about Stalker Channing riding by in a fucking, like, VW rabbit. With her chipmunk (laughs) cheeks full of nuts. David Carradine's nuts. (laughs) Fucking sunflower seeds all over her fucking chest. Oh, God. You can paint a picture. I'll say that. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Time for some feedback, motherfuckers. You motherfucker. Uh, let's see. We got an email this week. Oh yeah. my god! Who the hell is that? <laughs> um, it is from Alan. Um, is that the Swede? The sweet, the Swede. Yes, Alan the Swede. Good friend uh, of the show. I like Great. when people say that. Good friend, good friend of, the of the show, Alan from uh, from Sweden. Uh, greetings. Oh, I got I got a bag of S- Swedish meatballs in my uh, in my car. From if you ever meet Alan, you might have a bag of Swedish meatballs in your, uh, in your on your chin. Yeah. Greetings, Loaf and Zom. I've been catching up on some podcasting lately, so I'm not sure when you said or allegedly said the things I'll salute you for saying. Okay. Zom, you are my hero, and why may you ask? No, I don't care. Okay. 
I'll skip that part then. No, go uh, ahead. Oh, uh, well, because you said that Flatfoot is better than Star Wars, and I presume that when you said it, you meant that the Flatfoot franchise is better than any of the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tip my hat to you, sir. Thank you. Loaf, you are also my hero. Yeah. Wait a minute. You can't have two heroes. You can have lots of heroes. Okay. Speaking of heroes, he posted a, an awesome photo. Uh, or he, we could be heroes just for one day. Just for one day. Um, Loaf, you're also here. Finally, someone, somebody that agrees with me on Bob Marley and reggae. <laughs> Alan, I think, is into the, the, the dark metal stuff, so he would be the opposite of a reggae fan, I would assume. <laughs> that documentary you mentioned seems like a chore to get through. That's the... the Mar- it's just called Marley. It's yeah, over two hours long. Um, it sounds like that. I always hear people talking about this movie that they cry in called Marley and Me. <laughs> yes, Is that that's the same it. thing. That's it. There you go. Um, the uh, I just lost the email. Here we go. Um, he said, but that's not all. Hooray for the Chiba praise. Um, I don't know if you know it, but the guy that he portrays in Karate for Life, or the that was the um, what was the name of the. Shit. The bullfighter? Karate, bull, bull, karate bullfighter, yes. He said Karate Bear Fighter and Karate Bullfighter is Mas... Oh, there you go. Mas Oyama, the real-life founder of Kyokushin. Uh, the real guy is the guy doing the moves in the credit sequence of the movies. Well, um, I, I don't like to, to uh, correct like our friends, uh, but it's pronounced Chaiba. <laughs> Chaiba did train with Oyama, <laughs> so he's the real deal. <laughs> Kyokushin is also the style of... Dolph Lundgren. Nice! We can demand a Dolph and Chiba movie with them as ex-Special Forces ninja submarine engineers going out to kill. Maybe, well, maybe Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to kill them. No, they're going to kill those two. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> throw, okay. in, fl- throw in Flatfoot, and it could be a five-hour movie of them walking around and beating up people. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Fighter in the Wind? No, I haven't seen it. It's based on a manga, I think, that's loosely based on Masoyama's life. It's a bit <laughs> slow at times, but the fighting is awesome. I just uh, watched a big turd in the wind. <laughs> but he, uh, he posted a couple photos of... Um, oh, he sent a couple photos in the emails that I will put in the Facebook group. One of Dolph and Oyama sitting together on a couch shaking hands, and one of um, Oyama fucking wrestling a bull. Like, fucking... <laughs> like has a bull in a headlock. So, hmm. so yeah, cool. Thanks for that, Mister uh, Mister Swede, Swedish Meatball. Um, let me get the mail open here. It was for the voicemail. Do, 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 do. Unprepared. No. Oh shit! I'm really unprepared. Fill, fill some fill some space here. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. Oh, yeah, I'm hanging on the promises, the songs, sounds of yesterday. You got to keep going. <laughs> but I made up my mind. I ain't wasting no more time. You know what I am? Dude, seriously. I'm just another heart in need of rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting on love, sweet Chelsea. Love is ready to carry on. So I, um, I jailbroke my iPad this week. And in order to do so, 
Jailbroke. You, you have to. That's technical talk for you're a fucking criminal. <laughs> no, it's legal. Supreme, okay. Supreme Court said so. Um, That's not what ACDC said. <laughs> the uh, so anyway, I had to erase my uh, iPad to do so, and in <laughs> in the process, I did not put my the email back on. So I was fucking adding the email account. You motherfucker! I know. You son of a bitch. All right, so we got a few voicemails. We're professionals. We are professionals. First voicemail is now. (laughs) Oh, fuck, it's downloading again. You son of a bitch. Uh You motherfucker. You think you can take me? Well, go ahead on. All right. Name that movie. I I wasn't paying attention, sorry. You motherfucker, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you think you can take me? Go ahead, don't. I don't know. That's a, we I'm reviewed a, it. What is that? You motherfucker, you son of a bitch. You fucking bastard. Don't you don't know. even remember what that's from? No, I don't. J.D.B. Redneck Lawman. What? That what happened in that movie? The okay. part where we say, you son of a bitch, you motherfucker, which we've been saying since we started doing the show for fucking... I thought, wait, I thought you said the take me on part. You think you could take me on? That was Joe Don Baker. Remember, he, he, would, he would act like a cowboy, and he'd be like, you think you could take me? Well, go ahead, Don. Oh, he, I totally he, forgot he said that. I remember the son of a bitch He'd dare him to draw part. on him, and then he'd draw and shoot him. <laughs> I remember Fuck the, Obviously, a, I remember no. the son of a bitch part. Can okay. we get... Uh, is there, like, any... If they keep studying the human genome and stem cell and stuff like that, is there a possibility that we can get like some brain cells <laughs> and inject them into your it's anus? It's not going to happen. They're, they're going away. Your um, anus. Your anus. Inject them in your anus. All right. Here's the first voicemail. Would you rather be fucked by Billy Bob Thornton, Otis Young from The Last Detail, or Randy Quaid from The Last Detail? Randy Quaid. He was a little twinky in that one. Yeah, he was. I don't know where I'm going. But I should know where I've been. Who the fuck is this? Hanging on the promises in songs of yesterday. <laughs> and I've made up my mind. I ain't wasted no more time. Here I go again. Here he goes again. Again, <laughs> little songy song straight from Canada. Who is that? I need water. 
said, he said uh, straight from Canada, I need water. Oh. You know who it was? <sighs> Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, you know what sucks? These fucking... I'm, I'm having to play these off my phone because it's doing the fucking thing that it did for Justin uh, again. Oh. Okay. So you're saying what you're saying is we could have been done by <laughs> I now. I call that half-assed <laughs> Justin Oberholzer that David Coverdale's rolling over in a snakeskin grave <laughs> at the limp... <laughs> The, the limp dick performance, man. <laughs> Come on, Justin, step it up. That, that's why I did this, because you need to fucking bring it if you're going to do the cock rock. So let's step it up. No more uh, limp dick renditions, pal. Let's go. Limp, limp dick. <laughs> well, so as of right now, the status of the contest is okay. The contest will go on till the end of this month. So the last entries will be what? Uh, it might. Oh, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now will be the end. And as of right now, the fucking Canadian, what's his name, is uh, ahead of our very own Cinemasticist. <laughs> I got one more. Hang on. Ugh. No, not an entry, but. Oh. And I just want to say one more thing. Um, I, I didn't hear Zom say this, and I completely agree with him. That this young motherfucker uh, half-assed it. And there's no room. You either fucking... Give it everything or don't bother. <laughs> so that was a limp dick effort. Again, Justin. Now, I don't want the prize. If I win the contest, I'm happy to simply have the glory of being the David Coverdale karaoke champion for 2012. <laughs> you can give the prize to second place. Uh, and I would say you should strike Justin's half-ass effort from the book. <laughs> he wants to He needs to fucking bring it. And that's all there is to it. So... I don't want a prize. This was going to prove a point to this young, filthy bastard. She thinks he's going to drag ass on our snakeskin watch. Not happening. Exactly right. <laughs> as, as Lonnie Moondog Maine told Roddy Piper, give it your best shot or don't shoot at all, brother. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say. All right, I'm plugging the iPad back in because I can download it. Okay. So in future, if emails don't come through, apparently they work on my phone if they don't work well, on the iPad. So, all right, is that the, is that it? Well, one more voicemail. One more voicemail. I don't know who this is from. Tom and Loaf. Rip. Rip. Um, I am listening to the show, and as always, loving the what you're watching section. And I have a question for both you guys. Uh oh. Um, just wondering how you guys find stuff on Netflix Instant. You know, Dom, um, um, you seem to always find interesting stuff, and I wondered if you use any websites like Instant Watcher or streaming stuff. A lot of time. Like that. <laughs> or if you just kind of like scroll around in there. And where where do you scroll around? You scroll scroll around on your TV or on your iPad, or how do you? How do you find the stuff? You just look at it every day. You search by genre. Anyway, just curious. Hope you guys are well. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, the the forty three hours a week that Zom spends watching movies, he spends he spends eighty six actually yeah. looking for them. Okay, here's here's the secret. <laughs> I'm married. Don't have kids. Don't have a girlfriend. 
I can only <laughs> I can I can only beat off so much now that I'm an old man. So and sleep. Oh my lord. Ooh, boy. Anyway, no, I just look, just look and get all yeah, them yeah. brows. Just look around. Uh, there's two. There's well, there's two things. One, there's this <laughs> fantastic blog called Rupert Pupkin Speaks. Blogspot. Com that posts Netflix finds every once in a while. Pupkin. That is a great. A great resource for that. Sorry, it's pronounced Pumpkin. <laughs> Chiba and Pumpkin. <laughs> um, but uh, I also I also make sure to I try to rate everything I ever watch on Netflix. Oh, that you're way, so anal retentive. Well, no, it gives you some pretty good uh, some oh, pretty good well, recommendations. So I mean, I found quite a few. And for some, and hey, I, w- I wouldn't have watched yeah, the, the fucking I wouldn't have watched the fucking. Uh, uh, Welcome back, Cotter basketball movie. If uh, (laughs) if it didn't recommend it for me, I would never even heard of it. So I do rate them too. I I put the little stars. Yep. And then it says, you know, but uh, I had I I, we were when we did a Skype party a while back. um, uh, We were asking, you know, how many movies do you have in your on Netflix in your queue? And like Mm -hmm. my instant queue had like three hundred ninety movies, and my DVD queue had like four hundred. Yeah. And I still, and even though I have all these movies in there, and like that. I won't look at my cues. I'll just look at what they're recommending or what comes up as a new release or something yeah. new that they've added. And then I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, why am I watch that? It's like that Hillary Duff movie. Why the <laughs> fuck did I watch that? I mean, that was like an hour and a half. I could have been watching something else. Yeah. But I don't know why. I just had some. I, I don't know. I've seen some movie with her where she was like in military school because when I first I, – when I'm, I, I went back to school uh, about – 11 10 or 11 years ago and when i moved there i didn't have cable and for some reason i could fucking tune in the disney channel i don't know why, how that happened <laughs> but i had like fuzzy cbs fuzzy nbc and like some kind of disney shit and that movie came on like fucking three times a day so i watched it I, it was like private something i don't know she was in military school it was fucking awful so that's the only hillary duff experience i have besides seeing caradine on her show David Carradine was on her show. Robert I'd like Carradine. to see David Carradine have sex with her, and he's like choking himself, and she's just looking at him like, "Whoa!" He could get a bigger doing? erection. <laughs> he's got to cut the air off to provide yeah. more down south. Yeah. Um, so that's the big show, as Sammy likes to say. Real. Uh, thanks for all you guys that called in, um, and uh, yeah, thanks for Will for bringing it with the. Uh, Throwing down the gauntlet to Justin. That wasn't bad. That was pretty good. Yeah. Will's got some talent. So we'll have it's to. Canadian. Uh, he hurt his throat Brian a little Adams. bit, but that's okay. You'll make sure to massage it at, uh, at our house. Um, and um, so, yeah, listen, to, check out the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. That's a good show. Pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, who else? Rupert, uh, Rupert Hupkin speaks. Blogspot. Com. Rupert's blog is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and he, pretty good. he does some. He does some good interviews on Gentleman's Guide too. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, check out whatever Alan does. <laughs> I'm not sure. Be a Swedish person. Be Swedish and have big meaty balls. Meaty um, balls covered. Alan's in, cool. I like Alan. Sour cream mushroom sauce. Nom, nom, nom. Um, goddamn, I'm hungry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, you can always feedback us two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. What do we um, got going on next week? Next, oh right, next week, um, Zom will be basking in the carcinogenic rays of South Kakalaki. 
And uh, <laughs> all I'm going to do is go down there. I'm not going to leave the room. I'm going to sit and fucking watch movies and be on Facebook because I don't want to break up like how my uh, I'm becoming a creature of habit. <laughs> so uh, apparently be, the uh, the podcast without honor and humanity family might be in the same neighborhood. So we might get a little uh, meet up down there. Maybe you guys can record something a little special, a little bonus dual episode there. Well, what I told some people, the people at work at uh, the, the on the last day of the last minute before we're going to come back. Uh, um, I'm going to do pull a Bruce Dern from coming home. I'm going to strip <laughs> off every a stitch of clothes that I have, and I'm going to run out into the surf and just start swimming. <laughs> yes, and maybe the water will be nice and cold. <laughs> uh, with, a, with a fucking ham and a bucket of chum around my neck. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfuckers. I'm so tired of this shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Zom will be out of town, and uh, so... Uh, James McCormick, oops, James from <laughs> from Cine uh, 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 Awesome. I'm forgetting all of his projects and the Criterion Cast. And yeah. God damn, he does like five things. But Not he's that fil- goddamn one about the the chick flick. Oh yeah, he just started he that one too. That because they they think that's the, the whatever. What is the, know, I've already forgotten the name of his show. I will get him to I play listened it next to week. it when I was in the uh, fucking uh, eyeball doctor office. How'd that go? It was all right. Uh, I think the chick on it, she's right. I think women are just fucking a pain in the ass. (laughs) So they um, ruin everything. So James will be filling in next week. Um, We he he has chosen uh, chosen a double deuce for us. Um, Choosing what he chose. uh, We are doing a a (laughs) cage and cage two. Um, This is a Lou Ferrigno Red Brown action double feature. about a, a, a ex Vietnam guy and a cage fighter. Lou Ferrigno plays like a. Oof, I don't know. I think he's kind of like uh, he might be a little retarded or something. I don't know. Oh my god! I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. This is what I understand. <laughs> oh, no. <so. laughs> don't sully our reputation when I'm gone. When I come back, I don't want the whole fucking thing to went to shit. <laughs> so Cage and Cage Two is what we're covering <laughs> next week. Um, so yeah, that should be fun. But yeah, like cage I said, two. feedback. Lou Ferrigno's a retard. It's a lethal weapon. <laughs> oh, he because he's shot in the head, so he's a little brain damaged apparently. And um, of course, do you think that they threw that in there because he is hearing he impaired and his his speech is? Li- I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they'll come up with a reason in the movie why he has fucking milk dripping out of his nipples. <laughs> God, I hope so. He got shot in the head. Now he lactates. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, uh, so feed, Brown feedback us one on him. <laughs> feedback us at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. Do or- it. SilverGoldPodcast at gmail.com. Um, find us at Silva and Gold, uh, Silva and Gold at gmail, uh, sorry, Silva and Gold.com or our Facebook group or iTunes or Facebook group at, um, Silva, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash groups slash Silva and Gold. Christ. So, yeah. Christ Almighty on a, on a piece of toast with peanut butter. Lord. That is it for the show this week. Uh, Zom, do you have anything else, sir? Praise the Lord. Praise him indeed. Until next week, this is Loaf Oot. And until two weeks from now, I'll see you motherfuckers in two weeks. Zom Oot. Bye bye. <laughs>